This week on TV with Queen and Jay, we're problematic as fuck when it comes to the disabled community. And two of our favorite listeners are here getting us level one woke on the largest minority group in the U.S. Also, Queen reviews hidden figures with no spoilers. And we discuss pimping social justice for a check. This is our biggest episode ever. Take it in doses if you need to, but it's all here and you gonna learn today. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Queen and Jay. Tea with Queen and Jay. Tea with Queen and Jay. Oh my God, we're on. We're back. It's showtime. Showtime. And I put your seat, the oh. Apollo. Remember that? Hey, hey, yeah. Ready to be. It's showtime. Remember the fans and all the dancers? Ready to be the Apollo. Tonight. That was a shit. That was. That was very I used to feel good when I was like awake and I got to catch Catch it. It was such a big deal. It was. I would love to. If we ever, when we perform at the Apollo, I would like. I need that intro. I need the dancers. I need the fans. I need all of that. All that shit, yo. All of it. That's like a big deal. Yes. It's like it's blackness. It's showbiz. It's fucking. All of that. You can't just get rid of that. Seriously. Anyway, what's up, guys? Welcome to Tea with Queen and Jay. I'm uh, Queen. All right, I'm Jay. We're two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, and this is Tea with Queen, Queen and Jay. Jay. Ah, and Boyaka, special Boyaka. guest. We have a special guest in the house. Uh, one of our favorite listeners. listeners. Nice Yo, white. They're lady all favorites. They're all our favorites. They're one of our OG favorites, though. Yes. Nice white lady is here. Yes. Tina. Hi, Hi Tina. Hello. We're super excited to have her in the studio. Definitely excited um, about her being here. Yeah, we have some conversation later that's going to take place. Tina's going to be hanging out with us all throughout the show. All episode. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about more stuff. We're actually going to have another call-in guest. This is a huge fucking episode. I'm okay. like really excited. Well, if you want to follow the conversation, be sure to use that hashtag. Hashtag T with QJ. Yep. Um, yeah, we love the hashtag. You guys mm-hmm. use it like motherfuckers. I'm so excited which is about dope. it, yo. Like, I go to the hashtag, and I'm like, oh, it's someone else. Yo. Like, it's, it's fun. It's like a surprise the hashtag, every time. The hashtag guru, Barry from Podcast yes. of Color, she gave us a shout out for our hashtag. She usage. did, yes. Nice. She yeah, is yo. actually why, um... I became, you know, I was always anti-hashtag. Mm. She's the reason why I became so hashtag heavy. Because right. it's like, oh, wow, there's like a database of my shit right, on the right, internet. Right, right, right. Hashtag. Yeah, cool but before it was just like, shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with all these extra right. letters? Shut up. But That's yeah, so it's like, now that it, I see it as like a database right. of all my shit. Right, right, right. Online. Uh-huh. It's pretty dope. That's so. That's yes. Well, good and shit, as you know. listeners, it really is the most effective way to see what other people As- are, are saying, saying yeah, on the show. Definitely. Yeah, like, why would you be stalking our mentions? But mm-hmm. if there's right. like a hashtag where like everyone's talking about Absolutely. it, you know, mm-hmm. things are coming together. Yes, I yes, love yes. It. That's and exciting. if you love this podcast as much as we do, yep. um, be sure to visit our website and go to that donation page to help contribute. That's right. Our website um, is, sorry, go ahead. Oh, you can go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, teawithqueenandj.com. Yes, and you know we use the funds to help you know studio time, just yep. to help the building of the show. This is an independent yeah, podcast. That's right. That's right. And uh, we want to keep it alive. So right. anything you do to help helps. Mm-hmm. Sharing our podcast helps. Mm-hmm. Rating us on iTunes helps. Which telling your friend about this helps. Yep. These are those are all ways for you to donate to this that's show. Right. So don't always think of it about monetary. Mm-hmm. I actually always. read through a bunch of our. Um, 
iTunes ratings recently, mm-hmm. like all the comments and stuff like that. So thanks to everybody who's been doing. I hadn't looked at it in a while. I was like, oh wow, this stuff here. Oh, it's new this stuff. I haven't nice. looked in a minute. I think you'll see some stuff you haven't seen before. Okay. I don't think it's anything fresh like yesterday, but it's like I don't remember reading all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I look often, so I'm oh, you've probably them. seen them. Okay, you know, I like to then. be sweated. Yeah, so I like yeah, to yeah. See no, I feel you. How much people love me? Yeah. So thanks everybody for that. Give your money to Black women. We are Black women, and thank you on this platform. That's right. So, right. kind of tea you're drinking? Yes, I am drinking lemon ginger tea. It's Twinnings, which is not actually bodega tea, because we all know celestial seasonings. That's bodega tea. Oh, yeah, it is bodega tea. Twinnings is not bad though. So we're Take all drinking up. the same tea. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the oh, forgot, forgot, what? forgot. We are recording at Bonfire Radio yes. Studios. Woo. TK is on the board. That's right. Yes. That's right. So That's we like right. to say when we're here mm-hmm. for sure. This for is sure. another um, black independent. That's that. That's true. So we always make sure we say that. that and you can, right. you can also donate to support Bonfire Radio. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, they have a Patreon situation. Yeah, if you are on Patreon, you can always find Bonfire Radio there and you can donate. Um, you can buy um, shit. They have shit to buy. Yeah, they mm-hmm. sell shit. So now you feel like you're like getting product that's because right, somehow, you know? sometimes that's how people. Absolutely. They host yeah. many wonderful radio programs. They do. Yeah. They do. They do. And we love being here. <laughs> Actually, I li- I was listening to one of the shows, TK in the AM, which you know our lovely TK yes. hosts in we, the morning. Yeah, and sorry, you're talking. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say we talked about um, brunch and budget last show, mm-hmm. right? That yes. is on this station. True, 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 that true, is true, like true. my fucking show. Yeah, and just in terms of like knowledge and information, TK and their show, they did a whole like three part. I was listening to that to that today. A whole three-part kind of breakdown of, of what ha- of Cuba, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was ca- I just finished two, so I'm the third one, I guess. I mean, it's out already. You can listen to it. Um, but yeah, mad informational, just stuff that I wanted to know but wouldn't bother like looking yeah. up on my and own. And because it's so. audio, you can like go about your life while it's right. the information is going in your head. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yo. So <laughs> libations to our friends, to Bonfire Radio, and to Black women, yo. Yes. Support black women and black people i mean conscious is down too you know but he's a black woman at times he, he right in times that you know and even more importantly conscious knows when to be quiet yes, yes. He, does. Which is, when he does it, you just right. <laughs> he does he right. does yeah when he's i did have to say that's something. right that's right when he's in the studio you're right you're right he does he does when you're, he's in the studio with us I always pretend that we have him gagged but he really he's no, silent on his he own he just does it he's yeah, just yeah he he, and we appreciate that yes. so that's what's up um other libations what do I have here you have something um you could go oh okay oh you know who I wanted to libate is that a word or did I make that <laughs> yeah I don't know <laughs> You can say you can say anoint. Anoint? That's that gives me the heebie jeebies a, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But I wanted to give libations to uh one of our newer listeners. He's actually a classmate of mine from Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. um, Adrian Hill. Mm-hmm. He's been listening to our show. We had a whole back and forth we were talking about um, He's funny, I remember him on Facebook. He's hysterical. He's just funny. He's hilarious, yes. yeah. But we had a whole back and forth about um, the conversation that black women have been having publicly about white feminism and about the election. Um, and so he put a post, he made put a post on, he's generally fairly informed about things, but you know how that goes. You're not informed he's, about everything. He's still a black man. There you go. Uh-huh. Right, right. Right. <laughs> Are y'all friends on Facebook yet? No. You should friend him. He's fun. Um, um, okay. 
So, yeah. So, he uh, said something that was, like, wildly ignorant. He was like, hey, this might be real ignorant. But I'm wondering about when it comes to Hillary and white women and black women, da-da-da-da-da, ignorant, right? So, I responded, hey, something. And then he responded, something ignorant. And I was like, you know what? This is actually ignorant. I'm gonna, Let's just call it. I'm going to call it right now. And if you want, you know, more info instead of us, like, going back and forth here, you can listen to this episode of the podcast. We yeah. talked about it and get some free information or whatever. Um, so he actually did listen to it, which I do this all the time and people never listen to it. I put it out there. People don't listen to whatever. He did listen to it. He's enjoyed He's now he's like a new listener. He listens all the time, but he recently did, um, he usually just kind of writes his post, but he did like a full on like video. I hate to call it a rant. Cause I feel like sometimes that diminishes like what we're trying to say, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it was, he was, was just expressing himself. It was, he was expressing himself and he was reasonably filled with rage and yeah. just kind of talking about, um, the stuff that everyone has kind of been saying, there was reactions to, uh, kind of some of the white supremacist talking heads and how other black folks have been interacting with those people or whatever. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. It's floating about the internet. It's on my Facebook, which is private. But I just wanted to give a libations up to him for listening and for being inspired. He said he was inspired by us to uh Well, you know, we tend to do that. We do. We show up. We fuck shit up. We, leave. <laughs> we tend yeah. to do that. So basically, like, me... Queen and TK can go read mm-hmm. it, and everyone else can imagine it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, pretty much, pretty much. But yeah, I did want to give him a libations for that. Okay. Um, I you know what's what? crazy? Maybe it's something in the air with mm-hmm. the black men around us. Mm-hmm. But I have a—he's a Twitter friend that I've had for a few years now. Um, he lives in Atlanta. His name is Malcolm, mm-hmm. and he hit me up recently in my DMs, like, "Hey, like, I've." Been hearing about this black man privilege, and I want to learn what this is, mm-hmm. but I'm looking for it, and I'm not finding it. So mm-hmm. I told him, I'm like, since you, we are friends, mm-hmm. and I know you're like, he's like 10 years younger than me, right. one, and I know that you are in a seeking knowledge um, thing. I'm not offended, but this is offensive. Right. Because there have been black women doing this. There's mm-hmm. shit out there. Mm-hmm. That f- it's for free on fucking Twitter. Right. You know? Right. So like... It's cool that he asked the question and that I guess he felt a safe space to ask me this, mm-hmm. but it's like it's kind of offensive to me for black men to just now be like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I pour my friend Malcolm Labation too for asking the question and, mm-hmm. and feeling like um, knowing that something is wrong and what can I do to like mm-hmm. fix this or whatever, mm-hmm. but like. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it's when you're dealing with people that are like close to you like that, right? Like friends or yeah. relatives. For me, I have a very hotel uncle. Mm. Um, yeah, and so some we I think one day we cracked like uh I don't know some record. I think we were arguing for like eight to twelve hours straight. <laughs> About on Facebook about rape culture and he kept using intersectionality like like how white racists use affirmative action. Yeah. You like don't know what it is. <laughs> like, Dude. Um so anyway, just just when you see it's not my job to teach him, but he is like someone who had a hand in raising me or whatever. Mm-hmm. So when I see progress, it is like rewarding, right? So the fact I, I think right now we're at the stage that he acknowledges there is a problem. Yeah. That's it. That's all. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. wasn't a thing before. It just was yeah. weird. He went to, go ahead. 
I'm talking about the boy Malcolm because mm-hmm. I'm like, there are women doing this for free. Like, you don't even have to purchase these yeah. books anymore. Right. There's women who are printing this information out there for free. And I bet you have them blocked or muted on Twitter because you, yes. yes. you found them annoying. Yes, yes. Because you found them annoying. Because it's too much. Yeah. Right. You know, but, right, right, uh, right. yeah, you know, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my uncle sent me, um, he was at the African American Museum because he's totally cool with black shit as long as we don't pretend that black people also are women. That's <laughs> <laughs> like totally like pro-black and aware and stuff like that so he sent me this uh picture at the african-american museum is that what it's called the new museum i don't know, I don't know. it's a yeah. real it's a long know, right it's the too new, much stuff for the me museum right the, the new museum one in, yeah the smithsonian that, yeah uh, it's a it's a it's a smithsonian one yeah yeah, you're in there. It's too many letters. Know. It's right. too many things. The big new one. Really just, the black museum. That's, what I, that's how I feel. I think it's the but, National wait, Museum of African American History and Culture. I think yeah. you're right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Tina with the assist. Okay. That's a lot. Um, yeah. So anyway, he went there. Yeah, that's he, too much. He sent me a picture of, uh, I don't, it was a quote from a black womanist feminist thinker of some sort Mm -hmm. that something that it would not have resonated with him the way it did if i had not constantly been talking to him about this like this is a thing this is an and all he said was oh i saw hey i saw this at the museum and i thought of you when that i promise you he's uh maybe 51 ish two ish or whatever that's not the first time he's seen something nope. like that you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying he's like he's a student to black culture and black history that's not the first time he saw that but it's the first time that he connected it to black women and the first and time he saw it in that way exactly and absorbed it in yeah. so that that felt good that felt good that there was like there's some like progress something mm-hmm. happening here or whatever so that's what's up uh, I'm not giving him a libations, but that was just to add. Not yet, not buddy. Not yet, pal. Just to add uh, to that conversation. Um, also, quick libations to um, the support POC pods mm-hmm. hashtag. Yeah. Um, I, because it's really just Queen and I that like do this, a lot of like, the hashtags stuff conversations that yeah. have a lot of we're like at work or we're doing some other shit yeah. or even if we hear about it and it's like it's happening at this time on this day most likely don't have the time it's just really difficult to like participate in stuff like that um so someone thankfully actually two people yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. dj ben hameen from fan bro show and uh lee at this guy his name, well, his name is leonardo but um at leonardo f uh, Leonardo EFF from Black Comics Chat. Um, both of them, they tagged, they tagged us. us in like, hey, they should be included in this conversation and participating. And I happened to, by the grace yes. of God, be off that yes, day. Yes, I, I, I text Jay and I was like, look at this great thing happening that we can't do because we're at work. Right, and yeah. you were like, I'm off. It's <laughs> like, you know what? I'm off today. <laughs> and I got shit to say. <laughs> and it's because it's so rare that we have time. I think I, I even like went off topic. I was like, you know what? I'm talking Yeah, she right didn't now. do the chat how you're I'm supposed to do chat. I'm going to just go on this ramble rant. I'm going to add this hashtag. And y'all can ignore me or y'all can get it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I think the, the chat itself was really good. However people used it or whatever, that was cool. Um, I learned about some new podcasts yeah, that I hadn't heard, yep. learned about before, knew, knew about before. Um, people learned about our podcast and just kind of sharing in and talking about like some of the issues that we face in growth and access and stuff like that. And it's it's like now my realization as far as hashtags are concerned, like hashtags bring community. Yeah. That um 
we wouldn't have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, the internet. The internet is this big, vast place yeah. where there's so much shit going on, but a hashtag can kind of corner a certain group of people mm-hmm. into, like, a community to communicate and right. stuff. So it's like, I... I don't know. Hashtags are just dope. Yeah. And I'm just glad I am finally figured that shit out. Because mm-hmm. before it was just like, what are these extra letters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I get it now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, Tina, you have libations. I do. And it is hashtag related. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to give libations to Dawn Gibson. She is at Dawn M. Gibson on Twitter. And if you're a Tumblr person, she's web auntie. And uh, Dawn created the Spoonie Chat oh, hashtag, okay. I've, I've which seen, yeah, I've seen oh, Spoonie Chat. it's fantastic. And so what Spoonie Chat is, is Dawn um, hosts a weekly group session mm-hmm. for people uh, who identify as Spoonies, which are uh, uh, disabled people who have invisible disabilities a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I'm, not that there aren't, um, you know, uh, obviously disabled people who also have like invisible disabilities mm-hmm. and dawn runs this session every wednesday evening from 8 to 10 on twitter and it's open to anyone um and she does this amazing job of asking us really great questions that help us to vent mm-hmm. share cry work through mm-hmm. some things that are you know troubling us i've seen you, know, you tweeted a lot and mm-hmm. i'm like i've like looked i've never said anything but i'm mm-hmm. like and yeah lurking is yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's really, you know the lurking is fine and it's amazing to have this place for disabled people mm-hmm. online because you know a lot of us have invisible disabilities, so it's like you don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. You know your neighbor could be right, invisibly disabled, right. and you yeah. don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we're able to talk to one another and support each other, mm-hmm. and figure some things out. Like how could our how could things be going better? What what changes do we need to make yeah. to make mm-hmm. things go better more efficiently? And mm-hmm. Dawn does this all. You know, from the the kindness of her heart, she does it because it's important to her. Mm-hmm. She is, you know, a hardworking, unsung Black disabled woman, and I want to encourage people to donate to her because she is also working on a book right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to give you her PayPal, which is yeah. PayPal.me backslash D Gibson D G I B S O N seven one three. So that's PayPal. Excuse me, mm-hmm. paypal.me backslash D Gibson 713. And again, she's Dawn Gibson, uh, Dawn M. Gibson on Twitter. And Spoonie Chat is Wednesday evenings, 8 to 10 Eastern Standard Time. Cool. Yes. yes. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're And thanks, Dawn. You're yeah, a lifesaver. Thanks, Dawn. Cool. We appreciate you. So I want to pour libations. Um, mine will be really quick because mm-hmm. I have a lot. I have media conversations to say mm-hmm. about this experience later. But um, on Friday, um, a new friend of mine texts me. Um, okay. Ola is a woman who owns or has the free black woman library. Mm-hmm. And she does this every month. And she we trade books, you know, whatever. I've been to a few of them. And I'm interviewing her for Miss Vixen right now. So she hit me up and she's like, 
I'm having a block. I don't know how to answer these questions. So me and her just started talking like regular. And I'm like, girl, just drink some tea and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And then she hit me up like, hey, oh, I'm going to the screening for Hidden Figures. Do you want to come? And I did remember that she was, like, making it a field trip thing. But I totally forgot. Oh. So um, I was like, oh, okay, sure. You know, whatever. So, and luckily... For me, because sometimes I work in the Bronx and sometimes I work in Manhattan. So luckily right. that day was a Manhattan day. Oh, cool. So I could get to the theater yeah. at the right, you know, whatever. So I go and I get to her. There's just like all of these teenage black girls and some of them are there with their mom. It was, I don't oh know. It was God. just like really I nice. I cried just, on sight. I wanted to cry so many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, it was just so, I do a lot for, um, Oh, I feel I do a lot for, like, black people and being vocal and, you know, whatever. But, like, just to see the girls was just like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know. It just made me, put me in a real emotional space. And everyone knows that those spaces are scary. Mm -hmm. But I'm so glad I was not with you. (laughs) Like, I wanted to go, but that was the only, you know, the first, sorry, I don't want to cut in. Mm -hmm. I was at home doing administrative stuff for myself, which I never Mm -hmm. do, but. Um, yeah, I'm gl- in retrospect glad I was not there now that we're talking about it because I was, wouldn't have been able to handle it. It was, it was, it was just, it was just really, really good. Cool. So I wanted to pull libations for her for, um, just putting me in a space that I'm not often in because I don't, like, I don't, like, the job that I have now, I took it to work with children, but now I don't even work with the kids anymore. I work mm-hmm. with people that work with kids. Right. So I, I just liked being around like these young, I don't know. It just, it just made me feel really, really good. And I needed it. Mm-hmm. I needed that. Yeah. I didn't know I needed it, but I needed it. Mm-hmm. So I just want to support libations to Ola for the last minute invite. Cause Yay. it filled up my Friday night. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I already would have been in tears, but then with you being emotional, I, I, no, I stayed inside. I you know, it was died. in me. I didn't like. I would have fucking you know, died. No, I would have smelled it. it was I like, look died. at them with that and the hair. The oh, hair was just no, like big no, and, no, and like no, no, it was just no, uh, no. Then oh, it was beautiful. Oh, it was beautiful. God, it was just, it was just really, it I was can't. really cool. All yeah. right. I'm going to bring my daughter to see that. It's good. It's good. I should say hi to my daughter. She listens to the show sometimes. Oh, hi. Hey, girl. Hey. Queen here. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, cool shit. Actually, I want to hear more about the movie and that whole experience. Okay. So. Like I said, all of the girls are beautiful. All of the women were beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to the theater. We try our best to sit together mm-hmm. communally. And um, I often, or maybe I, maybe this is just me projecting things onto other people, yeah. but I often feel like I'm like the loud black girl mm-hmm. or like the only black girl who is okay with making white people feel uncomfortable right. and blah, 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 blah. So that's what I feel. Thought it was gonna be, but nah, these women turned up. So <laughs> that not and not even in like a, a a boisterous, disrespectful way, but it yeah. was just like I'm black and yep, like it, I don't know. So I, I enjoyed that. So like, um, I didn't expect the panel after. Mm-hmm. which was dope when i came into the theater i saw the chairs so i was like oh my god a panel is happening a panel a panel <laughs> <laughs> when you told me after i was like wait there was i missed the panel i didn't know any of that i, I didn't know any panel, of that was yo. going i, I been, love a fucking I've been panel to, yeah oh i was like i seen the chairs yes. i was like oh my god panel oh my god. you know um so that that got me excited 
Um, then I watched the movie, and as a girl who has always been like into science, mm-hmm. it was just it made me. It was just like, why did I know who these women were? And yeah. it, ma- it made me angry. Like, who kept this story from mm-hmm. me? Like, you did this shit on fucking yes, purpose. They did. Like, yes, they did. It just made me so angry. But um, I got over it quick because the movie was just good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just, it just made me angry. But while watching the movie, let me just, I guess, give some background about the movie. So Hidden Figures um, is actually based on a book written by Margaret Lee Shetterly. And um, it's a book about um, Katherine Johnson, um, Dorothy Vaughn, and Mary Jackson. And um, they're played by Taraji P. Henson, Octavia Spencer, and Janelle Monae. Mm-hmm. So basically the story is about these black women scientists, basically, who um, were working at NASA. I didn't know. And they were working at NASA. They were working at in NASA as computers because that was all they would allow for at NASA. You talking about? Yeah, okay. they was working there as computers because that's I guess that was the only space that they would allow like these black women to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. and you know cleaning the garbage yeah. and you know you know the shit, the usual, yeah, the usual yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, we know these stories of these three these three black women, but in that room where there were computers, there was about forty other black women. Stop. Yes. <laughs> I would have never. I was like, there was more. Like you would think oh, that it was just three of them, yeah. and that was it because that's who the story is about. But there was these other black women, so now I'm sitting there like, I need to know who these women are. Who right. are these women? Like there were like forty black women working at NASA at one time. Mm-hmm. Back in the segregated South, mm-hmm. and I didn't know this story. Right. Whoa! Right. Like it was just like, like a, another what the fuck feeling. Yeah. Or whatever. White supremacy. Exactly. Yeah. You know. But um, two things. I don't want to say too much about the movie, yeah. but um, the things that I love the most about the movie and these three black women was that they're they have a very great sense of their agency. Mm-hmm. Like they knew. Excuse me, burp. <laughs> Drink. Oh, gosh. They knew that they like they really, really, really cared about their work. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was everyone knows me. You listen to this show. I'm like very anti-American. Very like who cares about this establishment? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they cared about their work, and they loved the shit out of this country. Mm-hmm. And although that is not how my blackness resonates but it was just like i like that they showed how much they did all of this work because they love this country mm-hmm. because we built this country right. and a lot of times they like to separate that from us i am an american mm-hmm. like i'm an american mm-hmm. we did this shit mm-hmm. and i like that i've come full circle to realize that i should claim my americanness and not act like this is no I, we we did work here right. like we cultivated shit on this land mm-hmm. How dare me not say I'm an American? Right. You know, so you know, so I've resonated with that, and I like that a lot of their story didn't um, like the white savior moments. Mm-hmm. I think because of the people I was watching with, it was mostly black women. Like when it would be like a white savior moment, the white people would be like, "Yeah," and we would be like, "Boo." <laughs> <laughs> 
we was like, oh, we're not impressed. Like, right. we were collectively like, and? <laughs> like, so? You know, like, whatever. So eventually when those looting moments would happen, the white people were kind of like, oh, we're not supposed to be. Right. <laughs> we're not supposed to be happy about that. You know, like, whatever, okay. Yeah. They were visibly, like, openly, like, yay for this cookie. For doing yeah, yeah. Like, they were clapping. Like, there's a scene. I'm going to spoil you. Okay, but real baby quick. Spoil. before It's you. a baby spoil. Okay. It, I have another question, too. Is it, were they, was the movie self-aware of the white savior scene? Or was actually white savior guy, like, just, like, regular, like, this is. The like movie, movie wasn't, the movie was about, the, that's one thing I enjoyed about this movie, was about these women. Okay. It wasn't about how these other people allowed them to do things. It wasn't about how, um, yeah, it was about them. This is what I want, and this is what I'm going to do to get it. Okay. So that's a narrative I have. I think I probably never really seen right. in um, movies about black life mm-hmm. um, and you know diversity and being in white right. spaces. Right. So that was dope. But when when you say the white savior moments were like, was the movie saying this is a white savior moment, or was the movie just saying this is a part of the story? Um, but saying this is a part of the story. Got it. But, but it for was a white, a white audience, they moment. felt like it was a white saver right, moment. Right. There was no you both. Or both felt you both felt that white, the white audience felt that it was a white savior moment, uh-huh. and the black audience felt like it was a white. We savior did moment. it until they clapped, and then oh, that's when it was like, nah. Oh, this is a white for us, we were just watching got something it, happening, got and it. they were like, yeah. We we're like, nah. They were like, oh, there's the good white guy. Oh, yeah. thank God. Oh, thank God you included a good yes. white person. Oh, yes. oh Lord. Oh, yeah. some relief. Yeah. Got it. So, Got it. That, they that were type of uncomfortable thing. and on edge at of their course. Own whiteness. Of course. Of course. Yes. And that will continue. You, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Go ahead. You, um, said, you said you were about to spoil something. Um, I don't have to wait. What you just did did okay. enough that I didn't have to spoil right, it. Cool, so thank cool, you. Cool. Uh-huh. Um, another thing that I like was that you saw a full woman. Usually you just see one side of black women in mm-hmm. um, movies and television. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, they were these scientists, but then you'll see them go home to their families. Like, these women were mm-hmm. married. They were mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Taraji P. Henson's character, you see she was a widower, a widow, and that she, you know, like all of this stuff where we got a full story and not just who they were to NASA right. and who they were to this country. Mm-hmm. We got a whole, you know, story. Mm-hmm. Then there was one scene where I remember Jay and I having a conversation a few episodes back when we were saying how um, we would assume that people would get the context of why in movies black women are angry. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that there was one scene where I, for me, I liked that they gave context as to why Taraji, there was a scene where she just like explodes, Mm -hmm. but they gave context as to why. Mm -hmm. And when she did that, like the room of white men were kind of like, oh, (laughs) like, you know, like rather than her just coming in that space as this angry black woman. You know, so I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. It was just lots in this movie that I appreciated, and I, I'm assuming it's because the movie is based on the book that was also written by a black woman. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. The movie was just dope. It made me cry a few times. Yeah, no, I don't be crying. Mm-hmm. Made me cry a few times. It made me think about like myself and how because I didn't see myself in spaces mm-hmm. as a black person or even as a woman because I've I don't know a lot about women scientists, mm-hmm. even though when I was a kid, I wanted to be a biologist, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, so it just had me just 
like, damn, like, y'all fucked me up. Like, <laughs> I had me have come into those realizations and stuff, but I don't know. I just, I just really enjoyed the movie. So, the movie's great. Please go see it. And we have these conversations all the time about, um, what was that? What was that movie that uh, people, the one Nate Parker did? Birth uh, of a Nation. Yeah. Birth of a Nation. And we were all like, these are stories. They're trying to hide our stories. Or like, this is mm-hmm. this is a story that was hidden. It's called Hidden Figures <laughs> for a reason. Okay? <laughs> and the movie is out. So if we can support that. Yeah. There's so many ways to support, excuse me, black stories with non-problematic <laughs> characters. Yeah. There's so many ways to do that. So this movie is like a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. So um, after the movie ended, of course, the panel happened. And... The panel was um, held by Melissa Harris Perry, who I didn't know, but she came out. I said, "Oh," because I didn't know she's gonna be right. there. Because I really enjoy her. <laughs> <laughs> oh I didn't know she was gonna be I, there. I would probably do the same thing. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I did not know she was I gonna be there. The same. Um, the author, she was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say her name again. Her name is Margaret Lee Shetterly. Mm-hmm. Two other people who I don't know, and I don't really care who they were. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't really care. That's fair. One was from Essence. I don't care. And another uh-huh. person was from, I don't know, because I don't right. care. Um, <laughs> you said, you said Essence. I was like, snooze. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know who they were. Um, and, your name, and Janelle Monet was there, um, which was pretty cool. She looked fucking amazing. Oh, my God. Oh my gosh, I would do her. Amazing. But... Um, <laughs> But whatever. So the panel happens. Um, of course, Melissa's going to make it be. Of course, the movie is about black women. Mm-hmm. The, con- the conversation is going to be centered around black women. Yes. Right? Yes. So when they sit down, all of these, this all black women panel sit down. In my head, I was like, ooh, let me look at the white people. Right. Specifically the white men. Mm-hmm. And see how uncomfortable they get. Mm-hmm. So um, to the right of me. Black joy, folks. Yes. That's exactly what it was for me. I was like, woo Like, <laughs> right. I got excited. Uh-huh. Um. To my right, there was an um, older white couple. Mm-hmm. The man was sitting closer to me. Um, in my head, I was like, I wonder how long it's going to take for them to leave. Mm. I just wonder how long this is going to happen. Because mm-hmm. now this is a game for me. Because I just know, like, right. you know, whatever. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. Um, Melissa introduces the panel. We have first name basis because we're friends like that. <laughs> Melissa introduces the panel. Mm-hmm. Um, these women talk about black women stuff. Um I think only two panelists spoke, and then that couple left. Ooh. <laughs> wow. You know, when you, first, when you first said that, that the old black woman sat down, in my head I was thinking, I wonder the same thing. I wonder when they're going to leave. And then that part of me that's like unnecessarily optimistic was like, they're not going to leave. Wow, that's so, how rude is that to leave in mid-panel? And then everybody, all the black women, they're going to see you leave. They're not going to leave. They left. Oh, my God. They left. Um, I seen an, uh, maybe about four more couples leave. Oh my god! Yes, non-black couples. Mm-hmm. They weren't all white, but they were non-black mm-hmm. um, couples. Um, I eventually noticed these two white men lower mm-hmm. than me. They're like playing games on their phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like 
first I was annoyed, but then it was like, what else would I expect from these people? Because that's just what it is. You just, right. I'm only entertainment. We're only entertainment. Yes. You only came here yes. to watch the movie, yes. and that's it. You didn't and, come here for the real. Right. And the way that they market that and those commercials, it honestly, me as a black woman who was not particularly into science, it didn't seem like anything I would necessarily want to see. It mm-hmm. seemed like, based on the commercial, your everyday Jackie Robinson movie, nah, right? The way they package those. Look yeah. at how these black folks overcame with the help of white people mm-hmm. who naturally were exceptionalism. Yes, yes, yes. They yes. they were very which white folks love and buy into. Love. So now now what? That's why gotta, when they finally yeah. had the scene when it was Kevin Costner mm-hmm. who was the character who did the thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. that I don't want to. I know. I would just thought to myself like he's he's always in. Him. I'm just always, waiting for him to ruin it for me. Yeah, because I'm <laughs> That's like how I feel. he's I, always I like him. next to black women not doing horrible things. He's on the list. Yeah. On screen. He's on the list of white guys that I'm just trying to hold on to. So there's him. There's, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Tony Danza, who uh-huh. I'm, I'm obsessed with, but I'm just praying because he's like old New York. That could go anyway. Yeah. Him, yeah. Tony Danza, Bruce Willis, I fuck with pretty heavy. Uh, I got to shout out John Travolta just off the sake of my sister who's listening and thinks they're related and married. It's really, it's a lot. But anyway. The, the minute Kevin Costner was bodyguard. Yeah. Game over. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah that's like, he that's spoke a... at Whitney Houston's funeral. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. God. See, I'm going to have to Google that now. I need to watch it. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It was just, it's a really, really good movie. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate, like I said before, that the, um, like, every step that these women took to um, change things. Mm-hmm. It was them. Like no one, no one gave them a speech. Mm-hmm. No one told them like, um, you know, like there was no, no. They were just like, I'm gonna do this shit, right. and I don't, I don't remember when I've seen that before. I, maybe I have, I don't know. But in that moment, I was like, yo, like even from their husbands, it wasn't like, baby, you could do it. They, their right. husbands just existed. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't like, mm-hmm. you gonna do this? You know, it. it I don't, I haven't seen that at all. And then to see the black men to kind of just be um, secondary to this woman, which Mm -hmm. we do not see hardly ever on screen, Mm -hmm. was um, good. Like, they didn't overpower the protagonist. That's what it was. This is the first time that I actually got to fully see black women be protagonists in a movie and not feel overwhelmed with black pain. Mm Mm-hmm. Because usually when we're the protagonist of a movie or situation, we are also a protagonist of black pain. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen. That's so funny. In that movie. Somebody invited me to go. When we were going, the tickets that we got to go see um, the chess movie. King of, Queen of Cotsway. Queen of Cotsway, right. I was like, listen, I don't know. Is it about, I don't do triumph and I don't do black misery. <laughs> <laughs> if the movie is like all about somebody's fucking triumph yeah. or their black misery, I don't want anything to do yeah. with it. But it, it sounds balanced. I like Yes, that. it yeah. was very balanced. Yeah, similar, similar to Queen of Cotsway right. where it was just ba- like, this, right, that yes. was a great balanced yes. movie. Yes, because right. I knew some bad stuff was happening, mm-hmm. but And Moonlight. Balance. Yes. Bro. I don't want to be submerged in fucking performative black misery. I don't want to be immersed in fucking triumph. It makes me want to vomit. <laughs> Give me like balance. Yeah. Balance. Yeah. So yeah, it was just it was really really good. I suggest everyone go see that movie. Um, within the panel though, um, I was looking, and I felt like they need one woman like us. They need more women with our voices, because right. I feel like they were still 
playing to pl- playing white to white audience. supremacy, yeah. playing to um, being nice on the palate. Mm-hmm. Except for Melissa, because Melissa was like, hmm. right, right. that's just that's her brand. That's, yes, that's established. That's she's she is who she is. Yes, yeah. but to like like. I love you, Janelle Monet, but to hear you scream your music and then sit there and be like, well, um, and be so like, I don't know her personality, but it was just so weird guarded, to see. Yes. Mm-hmm. All of them were extremely guarded except for Melissa. And I don't know the author, her words weren't guarded, but mm-hmm. her temperament could just be that, right, you know? So, right. but her wording, her words were not guarded at all. Mm-hmm. So that annoyed me, especially because the theater was full of black women. Right. It Talk was, to us. It was, yes. Right. Fuck them. Talk to us. Why yeah. are you talking to these you know people? Who, I'm going to let you finish and I'm going to say. I'm finished. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was listening to uh, Janet Mock talk about, um, talk about, what was she talking about? That new, um, Thing she has on HBO, trans. I know what you're talking about right. Her, um, <sighs> I was listening to it's a, yeah, it's a documentary. It's a documentary um, film that she did for HBO talking about the trans list. That's what yeah, it is, yes, right? Okay, and yeah. she does interviews with trans folks. Um, but she was talking about how she did the sh- she did it for um, any the work that she does. What she keeps in mind is the gaze of trans women of color. Yes. That's who she's doing her work for. Anybody else who is looking, who comes along, that's cool. But the gaze that she is most concerned with is Is, that of trans women of color. And it made me think about you and how sometimes we do the show and and I'll get uncomfortable with something that we say. Because while I try to be fully unapologetic and kind of do the show and be myself and all that stuff there are moments when i'm thinking of listeners that we have that are non-black women listeners that we have that are ignorant to our experience and I never care. right and you never care right never. but that's something that you grew up never caring mm-hmm. right and so um i grew up with a certain amount of respectability that has mm-hmm. me i have to think i have to remind myself not to care at times because mm-hmm. i've been trained to care about that yeah, as, yeah. as a lot of us have been trained to care about that trained yeah. to uh conduct yourself in a way to where you can gain access that they might not give you if you didn't care or whatever mm-hmm. um but anyway it just when janet mock was talking it just made me think about the work that we do and the work that i do and like who is my and and while i always try to remind myself that i'm not doing anything for white gays um, but I also have never affirmed, I've said that the work that I do is for black women, but I've never affirmed that the only gaze that I'm concerned with is that of black women. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it just was interesting to hear her say that and frame that. And I think it's important for us when we're in situations like what you're talking about this panel is yeah. that they were clearly there for black women. This was about yeah. for Everything black women. Everything said black women. The movie, the panel, right. the audience. Right. And they still were kind of like, right. 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 it really irked the shit out of it's me. It's not fair to us, really. Yeah, it's not fair it to us. To anywhere else, anywhere else, people are being there for, and I'm speaking of the white majority, they are being their full selves. They are not adjusting their language. They're doing them. And that's a part of that, that, um, builds into cultural self-esteem yeah you know what i'm saying to where you you should be in a room with people that look like you 
speaking that language. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so like that's they disheartening. Wipe, and like, that, that's and that you theater, white people were the minority. Right. And these people and still, still felt uncomfortable. Yeah. Or it's still read uncomfortable because I'm not in right, their head, but it's right. still read to them. It's still read to me that they were uncomfortable just being black and doing black shit and saying black things. The group out, well, that was. I don't know. It was just like, ugh. But I did. What I noticed was, because of course they took questions, and they, Melissa mostly took questions from younger people. Them girls did not give a fuck. Yay. Them girls did not give a fuck. And I was like, yes. Like, they didn't give a fuck. It was just like, that I appreciate. So I don't know if it's like a generational gap or right. age gap or right. whatever. I don't know. But them young girls, them young Tumblr girls, right. they give a fuck. Nothing makes me more excited. <laughs> Nothing makes me more excited than a little Yo, kid those of color girls that had does me not like, give a fuck. Those girls had me. Because I remember like being the only one thinking the way I thought or not giving a fuck as much as mm-hmm. I don't. Like I was always the only one and I went to this movie thinking again that I would be that only black girl right. who just doesn't give a fuck and I don't got to do all of this shit for white people. Right. Da, 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 da. So it was nice to like be with these other group of women who felt the same way then hear these young girls speak mm-hmm. in that same way. So it was just, I don't know, it was just a really, really, really great moment for right. me. It was a good day. But yes, go see that movie. I stole, like, well, I didn't steal them. They was giving them out right. but I'm just used to saying I steal things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, were, they gave out the book, and so I'll probably read the book now because mm-hmm. I never read the book. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good book. Uh, she told us on Facebook that she was given three of the, well, she said stole, but three of those books. Well, so. I took one, and then they kept putting them on the table, so then I took the other two. <laughs> so good. maybe I stole it. I don't know, That's but I don't have three. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm, glad. I'm, glad. I'm glad. That's what's up. Um, all right, cool. Let's. Uh, get into news that's not news. Yeah, but should we do news that's not news intro before we call May? Or should we just get on the phone? Let's. Maybe... Well, we edited it like this. So we could have said, "Let's get into news that's not news," okay. and then we'll call her and. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's get into news that's, that's not, not news. In a world where Don Lemon is considered a respectable news anchor, in a world where people respect Don Lemon, Queen and Jay bring you. News that's not news. News that should be news, but it ain't news. Because mainstream media wants to feed you the same three stories about transracialism in three different ways. With a special segment by Don Lemon. So here's news. That's not news. All right. So news that's not news. Um, so typically we do like a news story during yeah, this time. Or a non-popular news story. Right, 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 but right. But today we're creating the news story. Today we are creating the news story. Um, so it came to my attention... Um, that you're a bitch. That I'm a fucking <laughs> raging cunt of a bitch. Um, no, it came to my attention that during our uh, post-election episodes, so that's episode 79 for anybody who wants to go back and check that out, um, that some of the comments that I made were very ignorant towards people with disabilities, um, and I didn't take people with disabilities and chronic illness, I didn't take that population into consideration when I made my uh, voting selection in the beginning when I was considering who I would vote for and also in my post-election assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then upon further thinking, just in general, I just yeah. don't generally consider people with disabilities. And it's, I, I think that... Um, I was just going to say, I think I do sometimes, and Jay is but not, it's not. And I wanted to add that Jay yeah. is not the guilty, like the only guilty party. Right, 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 right. right. I am guilty of that mm-hmm. too. I, I, 
I've never said anything out loud, mm-hmm. but um, I've I've noticed this um, for myself. Like I make I don't know, I make jokes that I'm just used to doing, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wait, that's not right. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that I've been pulling that back and right. not um, saying some some of the mm-hmm. foolishness that I used to say. Mm-hmm. But so I guess I acknowledge my. I know my privilege, privilege exists, right. but that's it. Right, right that's right, like right. the extent of yeah, what it I'll has. Yeah, I'll say that that's, has that's been where me. I have been as well. Um, but maybe not enough really to do anything about it, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's that, which is problematic. Um, so anyway, so we did the episode, and maybe a week or so later, May, May got on the Twitter. Right, May and, was listening on Twitter. Uh, and uh, May, what's your, sorry, wait, what's, your, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, my Twitter handle it's Mayday J. Okay. So like M A E and then underscore Day C A Y and then capital J. Okay. Perfect. Cool. Perfect. Um, so I see May on Twitter and this Twitter handle, um, and she's <laughs> it started off so nice. She's like, "Hey, so I'm getting ready. I guess I'll have my tea and weed time, and I'm gonna listen to Tea with Queen and Jay." And I was like, "Oh, this is great!" Right? So I'm, I'm looking, I'm retweeting. <laughs> And, you know, I'm excited when other people are listening. Yeah. This is great. And it's like a new listener. Right. You know? I was like, oh, I don't know this person, T and Weed. I'm with it. So I'm following I'm following this thread of tweets. And then, and also, I love Black Girl Joy. Right? Yeah. Yes. So May is about to get into her Black Girl Joy. We're included. I'm like, this is so nice. So I'm just enjoying it. I was, I was at work, and I love a positive distraction at work. So yeah. Like, oh, this is so nice. Um, and then shortly, <laughs> uh, maybe one or two tweets later, it, it was this uh, deluge of tweets about how ignorant I was to people with disabilities and how I failed to even include them or consider them in my post-election assessment. Um, and it was very real and it was very, I, I honestly, it was one of those things that First of all, it rarely happens to me that people are saying anything to me on Twitter, period, number one. But also, it rarely happens to me that somebody is saying something um, negative to me. And, I mean, I have been trolled before, but nothing where I can say, No, but oh, this is real shit. This is, shit like, that real feel shit. 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 <laughs> right. right. Things that, like, matter in my life. Yes. I was like, oh, wow, this is something that matters. This is something that I fucked up on, and I can't. She's right. You know what I mean? And even if it, it was it was wildly uncomfortable <laughs> and it was appreciated. But anyway, May, I want to give you the floor. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Um, wait, I wanted to say okay, something quickly. So that day, I think we were recording that day. Or we met the next day. I think the next day. Okay. So when we met or, up. No, no, no. We had already recorded an, uh, like a different episode. Uh-huh. We, were, we, we met editing. to edit. We okay. met to edit. Yeah. So we're at Jay's house and we're like, yo. <laughs> Did you see that? Did you see that? Right. I'm like, yeah. Like, what are we gonna do? You know. And it was um, me and Jay. Since we are a show that we make sure we we we're we're black with a platform, right? Right. right. So we're gonna use our platform to give voices to, I guess, people who might not have voices. Mm -hmm. So we was like, okay, this is something we have to pay attention to. This is something that should be said. But we knew that we were not the ones to say it because we, like we said earlier, are ignorant to it. We just know our privilege exists, Mm -hmm. but that's where it stops. Mm -hmm. So that's when me and her came to like, we need to, she needs to be here. (laughs) You know, these Um, people need to be here because we don't like when people speak for us. 
ignorantly mm-hmm. so we didn't want to do that mm-hmm. also so that's mm-hmm. why i just wanted to make sure we said that this was yeah it was important right for us. so this is important definitely for us to do and um our intern water melandria because <laughs> we all work on a very tight budget yes. she didn't get around to it but luckily we were talking again on yes, twitter and, and, and they yes, offered yes. to actually talk to us and hang out with us or whatever yes. so we appreciate that number one um also just for any just to give i've listened back to the episode today just to kind of refresh like what what is what was it exactly that i said um so it was that moment where i'm gonna paraphrase i think but moment when i was talking about um i basically said it doesn't matter what your your healthcare doesn't matter if for black people in particular any one of us could be killed in the street mm-hmm. right so it doesn't and I agree right right yeah. it doesn't matter what kind of healthcare you have if we're gonna fucking die it doesn't yeah. it doesn't it doesn't really matter who's in office because we're all we're, we're all gonna die we're all gonna die <laughs> right we're all yeah, eligible to yeah. die anyway um and then that's where May pointed out that that is wild ignorant and so <laughs> uh so here we are so hey May. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate you guys actually wanting to include other, like the voices of people who have disabilities and chronic illnesses and deal with this stuff in our community because so often most people don't even realize a lot of the most major disability organizations and even disability rights organizations are all ran by able people Mm. or straight or like size um white abled people or they'll have like two token disabled people who usually are working for free Mm. and it's just a really bad pattern and then when we confront them about things they're doing they're like no we're gonna keep doing this we're representing you but we don't need your voices Mm. (laughs) wow that's fucking horrible it is. That sounds like black shit. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to, I remember within your tweets to um, the show slash Jay that you mentioned that um, this is something I didn't know. And correct me if I'm like paraphrasing it horribly, but um, I guess the disabled community is like the biggest minority or something like that you mm-hmm. said. Yeah. Because the disabled community is 20% of the population. It affects every race and it affects every it affects all every gender and every age group and that way people don't realize that most forms of discrimination whether it's homophobia or when people are just so gender normative or racism and ageism they all factor into being disabled you're always going to be multiply marginalized when you're a disabled person. So I'm a black, disabled, queer woman, and so I'm going to be affected by, like, each group's rights and challenges all the time. And black people, in particular, love to put the blackness before the disabledness, and Mm. it's like, but I I can't participate in black activism if it's not made accessible for disabled people so it's like in that way it's just you're not including me my own people are discriminating against me Mm -hmm. and you also hear people when you bring up disability rights they'll be like well where are those people when we're fighting for (laughs) our rights why should we fight for theirs that's Mm -hmm. awkward Mm -hmm. yeah 
Gramps at the march. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> you, it's like you decided to have it in a way where no one could get there yeah, and you yeah. never questioned or facilitated. And it's like there's activism that happens all over the world that is accessible to disabled people. So it's mm-hmm. not an impossible thing to do. Yes. You just have to be conscientious of it. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of works on the assumption that in a large protest or any type of protest that you just assume that you're aware of the able status of that person or the disabled status of everyone, right? So in all the marches that we go to, to assume that, oh, everybody that's not visibly in a wheelchair is like able-bodied or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. And that's a problem with police too that people don't realize. Like I've been in so many bad situations with the police the worst one was i was just going to get my car towed Mm -hmm. um and i was trying to explain to this cop like my car is packed full of stuff because i'm not driving it i'm going to tow it up to northern california where i'm moving to this weekend like towing it behind a u-haul like i'm not driving it i'm not driving it once i get up there that's why it doesn't matter that the tags need to be replaced Mm -hmm. it's just a holiday weekend before i leave and he's like, yeah, but it's parked on the street, so we have to tow it. But I have autism. So mm-hmm. the stress of dealing with that makes right. me react very emotionally. Yeah. But I wasn't yelling or screaming, but I was getting extremely emotional. And he called six backup cars. What? Oh, my God. And it's like, I'm one very small black woman. And because my ex-husband came out, and he's a very big black guy, it's like it made people react so harshly he at no point asked anything about if I had any type of mental illness and after dealing with that situation I realized why would cops not ask if someone has mental illness when one in five people suffer from some sort of mental illness yeah Yeah. like that's something that it seems like that should be a question they ask when they first approach the car like before I start dealing with you do you have any type of mental illness I should be aware of? Right. Whether yeah. it's a traumatic brain injury, whether you have autism, whether you have schizophrenia, anything that might affect this situation, I should just ask. I was, um, if I, sorry, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, if the cop doesn't have the training to handle the situation, they should be allowed to call another cop in or maybe their partner is better trained in that. And it wouldn't, the situations wouldn't escalate as badly, especially if neither cop in a situation is trained to be aware of disability or mental illness. You see so many situations where deaf people and disabled people and chronically ill people are affected so differently in situations with the police. Like one of my friends was in a car accident last week and because she's got a lot of pain when she got out of the car she was really wobbly and had a lot of trouble standing up but she was really surprised she hadn't really injured herself and the cops started thinking she was drunk Mm. because she was having trouble standing up instead of asking her if she has any type of disability they made her take a sobriety test Mm. oh my goodness Mm. that's terrible that is terrible i was mentioning to um Tina before we before we started recording but I was saying how I have I had a brother who was schizophrenic and how we just did not we would not call the police when he would have psychotic um episodes we wouldn't call the police because it was just like Mm -hmm. he can because it's dangerous yeah it's extremely dangerous and 
Um, lucky for us, when he would have his episodes, he was never harmful to us, our physical bodies. It was always like um, things or objects in the room or like break a wall or, you know, stuff like that. Of course, emotionally it was harmful, but physically it wasn't. But yeah. what if it was physically and we still felt that we couldn't call the police because police are not trained to handle a population which is actually a high population of people. Like, how do they not have the adequate training to deal with these situations? Is and what I don't understand too is, I I know these situations happen to disabled people of all races and genders, but also like I had um, a roommate for a couple years whose cousin was um, very autistic. And not disciplined. She, you could tell her whole life, her parents had kind of gone on the trying different trends to treat her instead of really just giving her a stable, disciplined um, environment to Mm -hmm. function in. So she was very erratic. And there were times where she tore the oven off of the oven door off of the oven and tore the door off of the hinges and just like went through the neighborhood destroying stuff. And somehow this white girl was calmly detained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they were able to work that out. Now she's very in a very affluent family. Like, they have a lot of money. And I'm sure that makes a big difference when you're called to a wealthy area to detain a white girl versus when you're called to the hood to where there are a lot of homes for people who have um, mental disabilities. There are people, there are homes for that all over the place. And like every neighborhood, there's usually a home for that. People just don't think about that. Mm -hmm. But those homes, if someone's called to those homes, depending on the neighborhood, depends on how they're going to react. And that makes the difference between an aide getting shot while he's sitting next to an autistic patient mm-hmm. when yeah. the patient's just playing with a truck mm-hmm. and the cop had no reason to pull their gun in the first place. Well, he literally said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. When the man was yeah, like, it's like, you, you didn't pull up in a war zone. Mm-hmm. Like, you just yeah. pulled up in as the suburbs mm-hmm. to, to check out a mentally ill person. I don't understand why a gun was even necessary. Yeah. Like, wow. everyone knows about the horrible butterfly net thing of like the stereotypical asylums Mm -hmm. that they used to use in the old movies. Mm -hmm. It's like, but everyone does realize a butterfly net is like the most passive thing in the world, right? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. if you could use a butterfly net on a mentally ill person, you clearly the step up from that isn't a gun. Like even if you want to keep um, stigmatizing people, I don't understand how the step up from stigmatizing people with butterfly nets went to just shooting them. Yeah. Or tasing them. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like um, deaf people are just filtered through the prison system and through any system they're not easily able to communicate with, which is most cops just react to them violently mm-hmm. or aggressively, or the system just pushes them through instead of assuming like this is just a good person who can't communicate. They're like, oh, well, they can't communicate, so we'll just assume they're guilty. So did you want to go into, I guess, a little bit of what you took from or what how your reaction to, um, I guess, our episode in particular, what you thought, I guess, um, was, yeah. 
I I remember like because I know I didn't watch it until re I mean listen to it until mm-hmm. like a week or so right. after mm-hmm. it came out, and that was because there were actually several podcasts that I couldn't listen to right after the election because of the same reason. Right. Okay. Um, like. And it's not, and I realized a couple weeks later, I was like, I should now calmly listen to these and maybe try to talk to people Mm. because like Yard Talk is a good um, POC podcast that I like that I had the same issue with, Mm -hmm. Um, but I've had issues with them before with ableism and they were really a hundred percent understanding and just like you guys were, were like, they hadn't considered that perspective. Right. And that's something they're definitely going to do in the future. And um, wanted to make a public acknowledgement to their followers. It's like, mm-hmm. so I really appreciated that. And I do maturely realize, you know, that's why you don't just go crazy off on people. But <laughs> 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 you hear them say something, which is why I did not listen to them the day after the election right. when Almost everyone, like, Tina can attest to this, too. Everyone in the disability community, it was like we were at a wake (laughs) for, like, a Mm -hmm. week. And it was just like, hey, guys, what's Mm -hmm. tomorrow? Who knows? Should there even be a tomorrow? Why don't we just give up today? Like, I don't What's the point of everything? Mm -hmm. It was like all the things we've all been working for were over. And we didn't even know if we should continue working or just give up. It, because we knew we were the first target, and we were on Monday. They announced they were going after uh, Medicare. Yeah, it's like so we knew we would be the first target, and because so many people in our community are multiply marginalized, like disabled people of color and LGBTQ disabled people, and so many disabled women and single women and single mothers. It's like we're so aware that we're already so vulnerable. We don't know if we can afford any more vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. And so everyone was so just depressed. And everyone had changed their whole, like, perspective on their rights as well. Because so many of us don't acknowledge that many people in our lives don't acknowledge our disabled rights. And so they didn't realize why we were so upset. Mm -hmm. They were like, yeah, this is bad, but, you know, move on. And it's like, it's not move on. (laughs) Like, if they get rid of Medicare, I'm going to (laughs) die. Like, you don't have to do anything else. They just undo that, and then I'll die. Like, it's going to be really quick. Mm-hmm. And people argue with you about, like, people who have never worked in the medical field will argue with you about the minutia of the works that Paul Ryan says he wants to do on the Affordable Care Act. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, why are you arguing with me about something I work on every single day? Like, I don't understand why you're, they're like, well, convince me that this is going to be dangerous for you. Mm. It's like, and you're already so emotional. Many people I know were just burning bridges left and right with people who did that to them, myself included. Um, And so, like, I had one of my closest friends after the election was like, he voted for Hillary. And I was like, really appreciated that. And I was like, but, you know, 
it doesn't undo your culpability in the fact that throughout this whole election campaigning process, you've been posting third party stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that doesn't help mm-hmm. because that didn't help Hillary and that didn't help um, not get our new like Don not in office mm-hmm. that it would have been great if you could have just been like, Hey guys, we don't want Genghis Khan to be president, so let's make sure we do absolutely <laughs> everything that make sure that doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. We don't need to, like, let's not argue the minutiae. Let's just look at the big picture scheme. Do we want, like, people always say you can't just make it a choice between two evils. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that is, you can do that. You can decide, do I not want the guy who could start World War Three? That's okay to just be like, let's do everything to not make that happen. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. actually an okay plan. And mm-hmm. then later on, you could say you're dealing with everything that we would have had to deal with anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like, but also now we don't have to worry about World War Three. That's a very secure feeling. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. like, life was already pretty hard for disabled people mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. And, you know, I also, Thanksgiving, I blew up at some family members for just, you know, the ongoing not acknowledging that disability is a thing that affects people every day. And not just at election time, if it's even mentioned at all. And, you know, just, you know, so, you know, the laws have gotten more and more unfair toward disabled people. Mm -hmm. You know, ACA was, was great about getting some more people, you know, health coverage but you know the the DEA and you know other agencies have been cracking down on you know pain medication mm-hmm. uh, because of the um, you know the heroin and opioid yeah. you know epidemic yeah. mm-hmm. um which is you know great i guess you know for combating addiction but it uh not only does it not address you know the mental health situation of people who probably are possibly turning to drugs to Mm -hmm. treat but also there's there's like a whole there's millions of us who are in chronic pain who can't get medication now so now we're dealing with you know the day-to-day trauma of being in pain and you can't get pain relief and they didn't substitute it with anything else mm-hmm. it wasn't like we're going to take away percocet and now you all can get legal marijuana you yeah, know there was nothing yeah. there's no alternative there was no alternative and you know we know i mean we know that when a black person walks into a doctor's office to get pain medication there's automatically there's already a stigma the hurdle is already so high and we know that there are studies about that black doctors don't see black, pa- I'm sorry, doctors don't see black patients as having real pain yeah. or, or uh, you know, uh, you know, black women can Especially endure pain. black women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Black women can endure pain at a higher tolerance, you know? Yeah. And, and so, th- so it was already hard for black patients, especially mm-hmm. black woman patients, yeah. because remember, if a woman has pain, she's probably in her head and mm-hmm. she's probably being hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. She's probably stressed out. Right. Um, so yeah, it was it already hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was already hard to get it. And now there's, you know, 
you know, in, in 2014, the DEA placed uh, restrictions on hydrocodone and they, they uh, made it a Schedule II drug, which put um, restrictions on how doctors could prescribe it. They uh-huh. couldn't call it in. You, could, you, could, uh, you couldn't get refills. So you had to go into your doctor's office to get a new oh, prescription oh, every man. single time. Oh, my God. And then uh, in this year, in, uh, the, there was this overwhelming bipartisan uh, support for CARA, which is the Comprehensive Addiction and Recovery Act of 2016. And that is the big anti-opioid law that got passed mm-hmm. that is now scaring doctors even more and I'm sure is probably affecting like their some of their right. insurance and their malpractice uh-huh. insurance. And it's doctors, like for instance, me personally, I have not been able to get a, a prescription for pain medication mm-hmm. this since like the very very beginning of this year. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you know I'm like, <laughs> you know I've got like my last few my last few pills, mm-hmm. and it's like I'm weighing like, am I in enough pain to like go into my my stash? Because yeah. that's what it feels like right yeah. now, stash. And I think that a major thing that able people don't consider is the math of disability and chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Like, um, anytime you're given a prescription for chronic pain, they don't give you amount that covers being in pain 24-7, despite the fact that the person is in pain 24-7. Mm-hmm. The only treatments that the person can use that aren't pills are not free. They're things like they'll tell you, you need to see a chiropractor. You need to get a massage therapist. Have you tried hydrotherapy? Things like that. Mm -hmm. But those things are never covered by your insurance. Mm -hmm. So there is a portion of the affluent disabled community Mm -hmm. that often doesn't consider these problems. They're like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I've never had a problem with this before. It's really (laughs) easy. You guys are being dramatic. And it's like, shut up. (laughs) Like, everyone's not rich. Everyone doesn't have a supportive family. Lots of people who are disabled are like, if you're disabled and gay, you can still be disowned by your family. Like, they're not going to be like, oh, we won't disown you because you're disabled. Like, no, they still can do the same, treat you with the same disrespect Mm -hmm. and the same um, complete lack of acknowledgement of your existence. If you're disabled, they don't have to care about you if they decide not to. That's just how families are. And in all communities of color, that is a huge problem. And communities of color don't acknowledge the history of disabled eugenics that is a part of any culture that has experienced colonialism. Because when you're a conquered race or you're an enslaved race, disabled people are read on your books, and so you don't need them there. So if there are any disabled people in your community, your family is either hiding them to keep them alive or they're pretending that they're fine so that they can stay alive. Those are the two options. Mm -hmm. It's like, so everyone should needs to stop and acknowledge that is true for every race of color. That's something that we've experienced, disabled eugenics. And even though we have moved past that, it's only been a couple hundred years, and we still treat disabled people in that way where let's just put you in the back room in the corner with some cable, and you just stay in there. Mm-hmm. Just, just You just stay in there. And people are like, oh, where's Alice? Like, oh, she's in the back. You don't need to worry about Alice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fine. Yep. 
it's like instead of just acknowledging like Alice is a person who has a different experience in life and we need to learn how her life experience can be a part of all of our lives. Like just because she's disabled doesn't mean she can't have a life. It's just going to mm-hmm. be a different lifestyle than the lives we have. Yeah. And yeah. that is epidemic in communities of color. Whether someone is invisibly disabled or visibly disabled, they kind of have the same odds of their family basically ignoring their existence mm-hmm. to the degree that they'll keep you alive, but they're not going to work extra hard to advocate for your rights or advocate for your needs when the system stops working. Mm-hmm. That's part of why that young woman who, the disabled young woman who decided she wanted to end her life medically and it made mainstream news because she had this big dance and it was like a like a prom Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and you know like the whole town came out Mm -hmm. like people who probably had never even said hello to her or asked her family how they could support her living Mm -hmm. they came out to celebrate her dying Mm. and it you know, there's a lot of talk in the dis- disabled community about, you know, the the right to die movement. And mm-hmm. is that discussed in a way that's really more about like, just let the disabled people kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just like, that way we don't have to worry about supporting them to live. Let's mm-hmm. just let them die. And then that way they don't have to live. Mm-hmm. And then we don't have to think about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really... Uh a type of passive violence, mm-hmm. the way disabled people's lives are disregarded right. so easily. And people didn't listen. Well, the majority of people weren't listening to the voices of disabled people during this campaign, like the Crypto Vote Movement or right. Disability Solidarity, right. who were talking about how Hillary Clinton devoted unprecedented energy to the disabled community and people don't realize that she Mm -hmm. had a disabled a disability council as part of her platform team Mm -hmm. that helped her just specifically making sure that all of her platform was aligned with the needs and the rights of disabled people Mm -hmm. no other candidate for president has ever done that before she had disability rights as a major part of her platform. No other candidate this election did that. Mm-hmm. It's like during her, when she was at the Democratic National Convention, during her acceptance speech, she devoted like two minutes just to speak about the disabled community. That is unprecedented. No presidential candidate has ever done that before. Mm-hmm. So people think that that's a little thing, but if you were a black person who had never heard a president speak about you during an acceptance speech before, that would be a huge deal. Mm-hmm. But it's not supposed to be a huge deal for the disabled community to finally be acknowledged by a presidential candidate in a major political forum. Right. And not just like and not just like, here's a token disabled person, I'm going to hug them. No, but yeah, like a real yeah. acknowledgement of the struggles for the rights of our community, for the discrimination that we're dealing with every day, and for the fact that the fight for our civil rights is still going on, too. A real acknowledgement of that by a presidential candidate is 
extremely major mm-hmm. for disabled adults and disabled children. Mm-hmm. But that didn't matter to able people. Right, right. I think um, just to speak to, I guess, my own experience with, uh, I guess, being dismissive of mm-hmm. that and as somebody who is semi-active, fairly active, I guess, on Twitter or whatever. Because yeah. um, you mentioned that in your Twitter thread um, and you were saying that you said this before and people act like this is the first time they're hearing of crypto vote, or this is the first time that they're hearing the disabled community kind of talk about their support for Hillary Clinton and all those things. And I have to, when you said that I looked and I was like, you know what? I did see something about that in passing, but as in, as someone who lives with the privilege of being able to ignore that, I honestly, I did ignore it. Yeah. I didn't click on it. I said, Oh, crypto vote. That's, that's cool. I didn't because mm-hmm. I, in my head, my decision not to vote for Hillary was, or to, I knew I was voting for her, but my decision not to care about any of this mm-hmm. was already made. Yeah. Um, and because I generally, uh, don't acknowledge, uh, disabled, the disabled community, it was very easy to just overlook it. So when you mentioned it, I was like, wow, this is something that was there all the time. Even when we talk about, um, Tina had invited me to join, or at least brought up the hashtag, the Spoonie Chat hashtag. A while back, she was like, oh, wow, you should check this thing out. And I was like, okay, cool, girl, I'll check it out. And it's one of those things that it's like, it's on my list to check out. But because I have the privilege of not acknowledging or not, it's just, it's so easy for anyone with any type of privilege to ignore things that don't affect them directly. Um, And I think as somebody, it just made me think, like when you were talking about all this stuff, I was like, it just made me think about, about how, I guess just white privilege, right? And this is right. So my, my privilege, right? This is my able privilege or whatever. And how they will say, oh, well, I knew nothing about this. So why didn't you say something about yeah. this? When way back, almost a year ago, Tina was like, hey, we do this Spoonie chat. Yeah. You should check it out. Yeah. And I was like, okay, girl. And a, a year ago, I could have learned about this. I was invited to it. But because it didn't come to me, because somebody disabled didn't come to me and say, hey, this is important for these seven reasons. And I need you to see how this relates to you. Because they didn't do all this work Because they didn't do all this labor. Right, because she just casually said, like... as my friend, and and maybe it wasn't this deep, but casually uh-huh. as my friend, this would probably benefit you. Check this out. Yeah. You know what the I mean? The only reason I look is because I'm nosy and I just kept <laughs> right. seeing her do this spoonie chat Right, thing. So right, what is right, this? right. <laughs> and, right, and my own ignorance and ignorant and thinking you're aware of something, I was like, oh, spoonie chat's happening. I know what that is. Move on. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't click on it. I didn't look at it. I didn't, every now and then if somebody was tweeting something and it happened to be like directly on my timeline, Mm -hmm. I would read the tweet, but I didn't do any like follow up or background stuff or whatever. Um, And so it's just one of those things where like, it is the same as white privilege. like, if you don't have to pay it any mind, you don't pay it any mind until it's, yeah. And so it just made me think about a lot of communities who, that I haven't been paying any mind and things that it's very easy for me to, um, there are communities that I, that are not black communities that are not women that I feel some level of like connection to or whatever that are easier for me to just understand Mm -hmm. and maybe i'll look into it because i'm already kind of curious or interested but as somebody who is and uh may mentioned this before when we were talking about how i always talk about equal personhood yeah and that doesn't seem to include the disabled yeah um if i am somebody who is talking about equal personhood and i'm somebody who that is like my life's 
work and mission that I need to, even if it's something that seems like, oh, I'll look at that later. Oh, I'll mm-hmm. like, why is this something I'm looking at later? Why aren't I doing this now? These need to be things that um, I make a priority and that mm-hmm. doesn't just go for this. I, th- I know for myself, I made a priority to click the hashtag because within my Twitter friendship with Tina, mm-hmm. when I look at her profile, I notice the wheelchair emoji. Mm-hmm. And as an able person, you only think of disability when it comes to like things you can see, like right. a wheelchair or like yeah. crutches or like something physically on, your, on a person's body. My, so when that's I see why my Twitter handle doesn't have a wheelchair, mm-hmm. it has the person walking but with a line crossed through it. Uh huh. Ah, <laughs> uh, gotcha, um, gotcha. The reason why I have that is because it's like my own personal symbol for like not. Abled, (laughs) because it's like I don't use a wheelchair most of the time. I've had years where I've had to use a wheelchair, but Mm -hmm. I don't need a wheelchair all the time. Uh, But I don't think that people realize they have to acknowledge there are different ways to see disability. Mm -hmm. For me, Tina's wheelchair made me, um, or brought to realization because I am a person who has family members with mental illness, like all up and through my family. Mm -hmm. So I do understand that but i even me i forget so seeing that wheelchair for me was like oh to me tina was perceived to me as this able-bodied person Mm -hmm. but that's just because i just assume everyone is able-bodied right Mm -hmm. and because i seen that wheelchair in her thing and was like okay i shouldn't just assume that right that's what your that wheelchair emoji in your thing does for me like i shouldn't just assume that because even when um when you were coming to the um the oh my festival, God. I was like, "Yo, yeah. is she gonna be able to make it up the stairs?" Because it was it was a rooftop <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah, it was a, roof a step t- thing, yeah. And so we talked about it. I was like, "All right, we got this person, that person, or whatever. If she can't walk, we, we know who can upset. carry her. Like, we, we know how it was we can, gonna like, happen. We're gonna, we're gonna make it happen. Interesting, out. yeah, yeah. But it was also yeah, this like conversation on like based on ignorance. We're like, okay, well, I think she knows it's on the roof. Yeah, that's like, what I was, I'm like. She knows it's on the roof. I feel that I don't think her. Um, disability has anything to do with her mobility because I've never heard um, I mean mobility in a sense of needing a wheelchair right because um, I've never like she's my Twitter friend right, she right, never right, mentions right, right. her chair but it was it was a discussion that we had yeah yeah we and did it had, had this conversation I, maybe if I had participated a year ago <laughs> <laughs> Hey girls, chat. Maybe I would have some level of knowledge that whether she's in a wheelchair or not. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Just like ignorant. Yes, just ignorant. Just extremely yeah. ignorant. So like for that wheelchair emoji for me, I guess it would kind of remind me of my ignorance that even though I have been a, a sibling or niece or whatever to people who were not completely able-bodied, that it was just that easy for me to forget. Mm-hmm. Or just that easy for me to assume right. that everyone is able-bodied just based on appearance. A lot of people who've had really bad experiences because of that, like mm. um, especially with parking. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I, what I really love about this personally is that it's always able people mm-hmm. who attack people about the parking space. It's never a disabled person who <laughs> right. like, comes right. and goes crazy on you for doing this. Mm-hmm. But they'll they'll like one of my friends came out and there was a note taped to her car that she should be ashamed of herself oh for parking God. in disabled parking, and mm. she's a horrible person. Mm. And it's like. It's, like you're looking like I'm, I am disabled. Like, yeah. like who did this? Yeah. Um, I've seen people. One of my friends 
got screamed at in a subway because she asked for a seat because she was disabled and the people didn't believe her. Mm. And they screamed at her and cussed her out. And, like, um, so one of my friends had a drink thrown at them oh in the God. parking lot. Like, And it's always abled people who are yeah. this lit over the parking <laughs> spot. <laughs> it's never a disabled person. Like, they'll roll their eyes, like, mm, and mm. just go park somewhere else. Mm. But it's, like, so, like, whenever I go park, because I was disabled for 10 years before I got my parking placard, so I was, like, happy as fuck. Like, that's actually the only thing I have that <laughs> is the only benefit I have that an able person my age could not have is a parking placard. Right. And I've been disabled for 15 years. Mm-hmm. That's still the only thing I can get because they're like, you're too young. Then mm. sorry. Um, so I, I'll go with my parking placard and I always pull in banging. And like, <laughs> I, I wish someone would. I, I wish somebody would come say something to me being in the street. Like, and I always see people look like, what is happening? Right. It's like, but I do not care because I, I hate that people have that stigma. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I will not let anyone able to ever use my parking placard to park in a disabled right. space. I'm like, no, you're the problem. And that's what I don't get what able people don't get. Like, you realize able people are the fakers. There's no mm-hmm. such thing as a disabled person who's faking. Right. Disabled mm-hmm. people, if you're disabled, you can't be faking. Yeah. Those are able people you're mad at. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, exactly. able people are the problem. Disabled people are the fakers. Disabled people can't be faking or they're not disabled. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're not the ones who ruined, like, the perks at uh, at the Disney parks. Right. <laughs> you know, that oh, was the... Guilty. <laughs> guilty, 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 yo. I was a teenager, but still very guilty. Very guilty. <laughs> we all passed around, like, a leg brace, and we took turns riding in a wheelchair. Are you serious? I wasn't. My mother, thank God. This oh, is how, what this the is fuck? How, right. <laughs> this is how I know my mom, my parents are good people. Um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, my mouth it was, was open. I know, I, I know. I we were on a trip. You. We were on a trip. I, I was like, woman. I was like fourteen years old. We were on a trip, and all the teens got together. Somebody had like a legit like leg thing, but we he was able bodied. It was nothing like you know. It was like from a sports injury yeah, that yeah. was fine. And uh, yeah, they all took turns in the wheelchair, and it was my turn that day. And my mother was like, "No, you're not." You're not pulling that shit. That's yeah. not. But I did. We were all together, so I did have early access. So there is my confession, uh, and I would like mm-hmm. to apologize for making it harder for everyone. Um, you know, I, you I fucking bitch. I'm gonna start saying, "Hey, listen to this show. It's hosted I by Queen and my problem that is." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, go She's ahead, like, man. I, oh. I personally think that where we could all start making a change is just in Walmart. When we see people who are obviously teenagers who are about to joyride the wheelchair through the storm, whenever I see that, I want to kind of personally attack them. And it's like, because I know they're fine. I think, like, those people, those are the ones who we should be stopping, like, are you fine? Because if you're fine, don't do this. Like, like, someone actually needs this. Get out of here. Like, because someone's going to come and it's not there, or you burnt out the battery. It's rude. Yeah. That's my PSA to people who go to Walmart. No, you're right. I'm 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 guilty of that as well. Not as in I don't. Maybe I was in college. Apologies. I'm gonna. These are. This is. I did it. I did it in high school. I was a culprit. Yeah. But I still think that it's time that we turn the tables and we come after those teenagers. They gotta realize. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I agree. Yeah. Years ago, I had to live in an apartment upstairs, and I hated it. One because I've been passed upstairs before, where. I got too sick to be able to go downstairs, and mm-hmm. I was really afraid that was going to happen while mm-hmm. I was there. 
But also, I'm like, I have friends who use wheelchairs. Right. And I'm like, I like this is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And so now that I'm out of there, I'm like personally avowed to like never live in a place with stairs again. Mm-hmm. But it is really hard to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is an issue where I think sometimes accessibility becomes like a plan where you have to be like, hey, well, maybe we're just going to have to do this somewhere else today. Right. Yeah. Um, um, because I've done things like that where, like, when I was there, I had a party where I was like, hey, we're just not going to have it here <laughs> like, mm-hmm. because the stairs are an issue. Like, my grandfather's 94, so if anyone lives in an upstairs apartment, he can't go to the holiday. Right. Yeah. Like, it's like, so, you know, things like that um, affect, do affect accessibility. And, but with affordability, it's like it does come up where if it's like this may be unavoidable we're gonna need some people maybe to move it and to me most people who use wheelchairs are understanding about that they'll be mad at the building not you Um, especially if you're like no but I got somebody who's gonna carry you right Right, 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 right. (laughs) they're like no I get it you know it's hard but it's like Everyone I know who's disabled is also were very reasonable. Mm-hmm. So, like right now, I'm working on a podcast to start in January. Mm-hmm. But I realized, like last week, I told my friend who I'm doing it with, I'm like, we need to transcribe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If yeah. it's not yeah. transcribed, it's not completely accessible. Deaf right. people can't access it. People who have um, different types of cognitive dysfunction or neurodivergence that make it too complicated for them to follow along with audio stuff need transcription. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, we need to get on that right now. Yeah. So I, I was so glad I thought about that, but things like that, there's like, there's no way for me to get around having to transcribe that in order to make it accessible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, something else I kind of wanted to touch on was when I think, when I think about privilege, um and just like the feeling of like being called out for something yeah you know what i'm saying and somebody was talking about that on facebook like public learning or whatever and that's something that um as a black woman who's always talking about race and gender it has been convenient for me to ignore the disabled community ignore i guess i'm rarely in a position where i'm publicly learning something or someone is publicly saying hey this is you're problematic in this area that kind of thing um so just exploring some of those feelings were a little bit interesting Mm -hmm. because one of the things that came up is for me is that this mistake that i made and this thing that i said that was uh, uncool and um disregarded the disabled community it could happen again right Yeah, yeah and so right so now i'm aware of this thing and now i'm aware of my ignorance uh, but I am still ignorant in this, and so I'm trying to inform myself and read things or whatever. But I feel like there's a fear amongst a lot of people that live with privilege of any kind, whether we're talking about white feminists, whether we're talking about white liberals or whatever, um, or anyone living with privilege. There's a fear that I'm going to do this again, I'm going to say something wrong again, and I'm going to be attacked. And that's, you know, and I think that um, it would behoove people who live in privilege of any kind to be comfortable with that, right? So I have yeah. to know how that... Else, how else do you learn? Exactly. How so I have to know, learn? instead of saying, well, it's going to happen again, can't do anything about it, I'm mm-hmm. working on it, I'm trying to get informed, and uh, 
in that learning, I may stumble and say something that's wild, problematic, and ridiculous again. And mm-hmm. I have to be prepared for the feedback that comes from that, for the learning, for that happening in public. I have to be comfortable with not being perfect, with being problematic. Um, so I thought that was interesting and that was a feeling that I've never really had to explore before is yeah. that feeling of, oh my God, what if I do it again? And, and I think that that's something that, aside from white supremacy, I think that that feeling of being called out and that feeling of, oh no, but now I'm not perfect and now are you saying I'm a bad person kind of thing is something that I think stops a lot of people from learning. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. And I, like within the exchange that you had with me, mm-hmm. um, the way you reacted was not the way people generally react when right. they're being called no, out. No, it shit. wasn't, mm-hmm. and I really appreciated that. Thank you. Um, because yeah, that really isn't the norm of how people react, and that's why I like I genuinely appreciated it. And I know it, everyone in the our community who witnessed it, like they, that's why they reposted it because they appreciated right. it. Mm-hmm. Right. And not everyone who reacts that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate and, it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and a lot of the environments where disabled people are kind of put in the most awkward position of confronting people, mm-hmm. like uh, Tina and I were talking about familial situations, mm-hmm. like family is very good at ignoring your disability right. all mm-hmm. year long. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, come a holiday event, um, you, they'll be like, oh, you look so much better. And you're like, I'm not better from lupus. Right. <laughs> right. It's, it's not curable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Ask me how I'm managing it. Mm-hmm. Don't pretend I'm rejuvenated. Yeah. And then they'll be like, um, oh, well, I'm going to pray for you. And they walk away. And like, I'm going to pray for you is basically just checking the deuces in someone's face and being mm-hmm. like, now I don't have to care about you until Easter. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's almost one of the most dismissive things you can say to a disabled person. Mm-hmm. And as you walk away, mm-hmm. um, just don't, don't check out. And I'm going to pray for you. If you're not going to ask the person one, what they would like to be prayed for. Mm-hmm. Um, right. a lot of Seriously. times, what, what they're praying for is like the help they need to get through the month and you're like praying for them to be magically cured mm-hmm. those are two different prayer needs yeah and that's like any religious perspective and two i don't know like if a lot of people know like the muslim faith is actually in the quran it's very set up very accessibly um even practices like ramadan it clarifies that it's not something that people with disabilities need to practice yeah yeah it is they're they're like you can't don't need to feel bad about this god isn't judging you Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) like because you can't um do this Mm -hmm. but for some reason like when you go to church or you go to um mosque like people act like that's not true Mm -hmm. they're like oh well you're just not going to do it it's like what are you talking about (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it says that i shouldn't have to worry and they're Mm -hmm. like "Mm -hmm." well We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, like, everyone's always asked me to fast, and it's like, I can't fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not something I can do. Mm-hmm. Stop asking me to fast. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but for the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Going vegan is not going to cure our disability. Mm. Oh, oh, say it. (laughs) Going vegan (laughs) is not Mm -hmm. going to cure Mm -hmm. our disabilities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 
Are you sure? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and probably like, not yoga like, either, but right, thanks. Thanks. Right, right. Yes, we've thought uh, about and, that. And mm-hmm. People love the word cure. Like, no one ever says, like, this might help. They always say this will cure mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. So then, like, I use a lot of types of holistic medicine, and I'll try and explain to people, like, yoga can be really helpful, but I'll have to undo the, like, 10 years of people telling them yoga can cure you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, no, it's like medicine that you have to take four times a week <laughs> religiously for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, And then there are, like, 14 different um, prescriptions available, and you pick which one best works for your body. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how yoga is. It's What's... not a magic cure. It's something yeah. you dedicate to and work to, and it can make your life easier and more manageable. Yeah. Right. I don't like, I think I think the misconception when it comes to the word cure especially is cure is that that's like a one time thing. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to just take that one time, you know? If I have to continuously yeah. do something over and over within my life, that is not a cure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And exactly. People yeah, for some reason don't yeah. yeah, that's yeah, it's management. You're like managing the yeah. Mm-hmm. That is not a cure. And I think that's the misconception that people have with that word. Like, yes, with, okay, let's say if I have a disability and yoga helps, but I, like you said, I have to do that four times a week. That's not a cure because mm-hmm. I still have to do this because no. once I stop, mm-hmm. I'm in pain. Right. Like, but I, I don't... like you can stop using the word cure. Like, trust me, when there's a cure, the SDA will let me know. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. May, is there anything else that you wanted to add that we haven't touched on yet? Um, there is one thing um, that's T-related mm-hmm. and disability-related. A lot of people don't know this, and I have the YouTube links to back it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the owners, or the uh, not just the owners, but the founders of Celestial Fusing Tea. Uh-huh. Bodega Tea, that's um, what we call it. We're were actually like super hippies mm-hmm. and eventually the way that their mindset evolved evolved to the point of like utilitarianism and then eugenics mm. and they actually had like a really eugenics based mindset like they're like you know eliminating disabled people is really going to help the world what? like it'll help the economy It'll save the health system so many pe- so much money, like crazy amounts of money. Like, if this is a real suck and drain on society. And so then they stopped being so public about it, especially once the founders, like, withdrew from running the company. Mm-hmm. But they actually work on, like, major, like, World Health Foundations still. And, like, but their place in that, like, their motivation is, they believe in eugenics. They're not trying to, like, work to cure people. They're like, we should just stop working on the cures. What the fuck? Yo. And just get rid of them. It's like, so a lot of people don't know this about celestial seasonings, but, like, I, I use them, like, my whole life, but I don't drink celestial seasonings. Yeah, I don't drink that uh, anymore either. We're, we're done with it. The fuck? Just Lemon like, zinger, um, we don't need you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wow. um, That's just something that most people don't know, so I just want to give um, a big shout out in a negative way right so, they're in the pit they're in the pit oh my motherfucking god wow mm-hmm. yeah that's what they'd be about and a lot of people don't realize that there are still people who are like have major roles in the world and 
in our country who believe like eugenics is a good way. Just like there are still like the secret KKK people who are now like coming out in droves. Right. Mm-hmm. The secret eugenics people are right there too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All for white people, able white people, though, able wow. white people. <laughs> like they're going to wow. be right, right there next to them. Like we don't need like that's a, that's a dream immediately. So um that's something that a lot of people don't realize there are still people who work towards that or even like the green party no i'm sorry the libertarian party Uh um they worked on eugenics actively up until the late 70s and then they have still worked against SSDI and SSI for mm-hmm. even retired cops and injured cops and firefighters mm. um, because they feel like that's not something they should have to pay for. Wow. So they don't believe in benefits or aid for disabled people or the disabled community. And to me, that's something I think that a lot of people who support third parties, if you support a party, you need to hold it as accountable as you do the Democratic or Republican yeah, Party, yeah. you need yeah. to hold them accountable for their history. You need to hold them accountable for all their work, not just the work that they do during a presidential campaign. Mm-hmm. And that's something, too, that I don't think people are thinking about going into that election. Like, you have to hold your party accountable for their history and for all their work. Mm-hmm. And if they have work that they've been doing up until December of 2015 in um, Pennsylvania against SSDI payments for retired cops and firefighters, like, why are you not holding them accountable for that? Yeah. And for people who don't know, that's uh, Social Security Disability Insurance. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, and for, uh, I'd also like to give out, uh, because you're t- what you were talking about with when you are in a place where you still don't know a lot about the disability community and the diversity in the disability community. Mm-hmm. I know I can give some libations to people like Melissa Thompson. Okay. Um, and her Twitter handle is like at B-I-L-I-S-S-A-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. And she runs Ramp Your Voice. And she does a lot of amazing work for black women and black disabled women. Okay. Um, she's really amazing. And you can learn so much for her. In fact, on her site, she has like, a huge list of reading material that you could just pick at any time. Um, a, she's brilliant. website? I think it's Ramp Your Voice. RampYourVoice.com. Ramp your ramp okay. Um, and then uh, Tiffany and Lucas, um, she runs Lucas Chat. That is a really good chat that it is about people. It is for and about people with Lucas and but she's also very, um, she really wants it to be open to all people with chronic illnesses and disabilities to participate in. Yeah. Like most of the chats are, they want more people like, just because you don't have lupus, if you have another chronic illness, we still want to hear from you and talk about the differences in our experiences and the similarities. And they also want able people to be there because you learn so much when you talk to disabled people. You just learn like, how their life experiences compared to yours yeah i learned a lot just with this like my brain is about to yeah explode. i'm like very in my head because it's just like i'm bleeding behind my eyelids <laughs> yeah yeah 
No, yeah, this is and this is yeah. a lot. This also, is great. um, I would give libations to Dominic Evans. Mm-hmm. Uh, he runs Film Disc, and that's hashtag F I L M D I S, and that is a chat that's all about disability in the media, and um, it's really gives a lot of different perspectives on different things going on, whether it's movies, books. TV shows, music, mm-hmm. and how it's affecting the disability community. Mm-hmm. And May just uh, ran a chat with him. She co-hosted one recently oh, and did a great sorry. job. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. And a lot of times, too, the people who, um, like, if you're talking about certain movies, um, actors or writers from the movies participate in the chat, too. So... It's really nice when people do work to hear our voices and listen to our perspectives. And also, he does work when there are movies that the community has problems with Mm -hmm. or um, are seeing issues with, like the Me Before You movie that came out this summer Mm -hmm. that was very pro... um, Euthanasia. Mm -hmm. Disabled people. Mm -hmm. side. Which is a very is a very controversial issue within the disability community as well. But for this particular story, this man was extremely affluent and still had like a really great life and very supportive family. And a woman fell in love with him, and he was still like, "I should just die." Mm. Mm. And shockingly, shockingly, there was a upsweep in teenagers choosing assisted suicide. Um, that summer, and wow. it's a shock. Wow, that that has an effect on society. It is crazy. Um, because even when you tell, when we told the story to like most able people, their response is always like, "Yeah, but you know, if I was suddenly paralyzed, I'd want to kill myself too." It's oh like, my oh my gosh, if your son was suddenly paralyzed, if your husband was suddenly paralyzed, like, would you want them to just? kill themselves like yeah. take it outside of you for a second yeah, no you want seriously. them to take a little time and adjust you understand that it takes an adjustment period mm-hmm. um but like you know he still had his mind was a hundred percent intact mm-hmm. like he still had a very good life ahead of him the, the story was just crap wow he had, everything. It wasn't like it was one of those controversial stories where we were like, well, you know, you know, some people, they just, it's really hard. No, it wasn't, we weren't feeling like that. We're like, no, this guy is fine. Wow. <laughs> like, this is making it sound like there is no other option, and it's terrible. And so we taught, we did film this, ran a lot of campaigns, um, voicing the disabled community's feelings about that. But you can even see their videos on YouTube where, there were pro, pro, disabled protesters at the premiere of the movie, and they told the writer, like, but what about the people who feel like this is devaluing their lives? Mm-hmm. Like, you're saying their lives aren't worth living. And she was like, I don't think they're going to feel that way, and just walk through it. Oh but my they are like, they're they feel that way right now to your face. And she's like, but your voices are meaningless. Wow. And just, like, walk right past them. So... And that movie is a box office success. They're always box office successes. Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating. And if anybody wanted to, you know, you know, this is older news, but if anybody wanted to, you know, try and catch up on some of what we had a problem with, um, the hashtag is me before ableism. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. 
all of this stuff is going to be in the show notes yeah. so that you'll have something to reference um, as, you know, as you right. know, they mention these things. Yeah, right, right. Because as you guys are learning, me and Jay are learning, so I'm mm-hmm. definitely going to look into this mm-hmm. stuff because mm-hmm. all of this oh, is due to me. Can I, yeah. can I give one more? I'm sure. Of course. Sure. Um, one more libation to Alice Wong at Disvisibility, which is at D-I-S-B-I-S-I-B-I-L-I-T-Y. Disvisibility mm-hmm. does, like, so much amazing work um, regarding CryptoVo mm-hmm. and regarding keeping track of so many aspects of what's going on in activism for the disability mm-hmm. community and also what's going on with um, the lives and experiences of people all around the country and world with disability. Um, so she's really great to follow as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alice Wong was also... Um, a guest on Denzel yes, Washington I, is the greatest actor of one. all time. Period. Hey, hi, Denzel. Hi, Denzel. <laughs> and yeah, that episode actually was incredibly impactful to me. And it's mm-hmm. Alice's work has really helped me to feel comfortable mm-hmm. saying out loud that I am a disabled person. Right. So she's she's an important person to follow and read. And she 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 you know she's doing the work and. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's a really, you know, if you're someone who's brand new to this, I think and Alice I think is a great really, person to start I with. I think she's really been important, um, along with Dominic, too, mm-hmm. really been important with unifying the, the, the visibly disabled and invisibly disabled community. Mm-hmm. Because there has been, like, this us versus them mentality that's been created by the lack of resources. Mm-hmm. And so... They've helped bridge that um, gap along with other invisibly disabled people um, where we're trying to make it so it's not us versus them. It's just all of us working together on our rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as May was saying, Alice is one of the co-founders of Crypt the Vote along with Andrew Polrang and Greg Baratan. Mm-hmm. Um, so hashtag Crypt the Vote, C-R-I-P. Um, T-H-E-V-O-T-E. And yes, we understand, you know, we understand what CRIP is. It's, you know, it's a term that disabled people are, are trying to reclaim mm-hmm. and uh, and work with. Uh, so CRIP the vote is important mm-hmm. for yes. people to follow. We, we need abled people to follow CRIP the vote. And, you know, we need all you guys to, you know, start reading about our issues, too. Mm-hmm. Can I make a confession? Mm-hmm. I foolishly, when I first seen it, I thought of, like, the Crips. Oh, yeah, no, oh that happens. God. Okay. Some yeah, of the Denzelites like the asked me about that, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, foolishly. Yeah, but... They got to vote, too. And, there's Crip Crips, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. exactly. Yes. Yes, yes. There are Crip Crips. Violent. Yes, right. yes, yes, yes. Right. Unless so, you're a blood, then mm-hmm. you're a grip blood. Then, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Tina, while we still have May on the phone, did you want to say anything else on this topic? Um, oh, um, oh, yes, which is one more thing. Um, May had mentioned um, Velissa Thompson, who is fantastic. And mm-hmm. is, she's also, you know, she's young, too. So, um, you know, I think she just probably like considered a millennial. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she is 
a very, very important voice. Um, and she started the hashtag disability to white, mm. um, which really speaks to how like if you Google, you know, people in wheelchairs, you're going to you're going to yeah. see cute white girls mm-hmm. and just that the image you, of you disability. Might Kendall Jenner. And you might see Kendall right. Jenner Jeez, posing. Yeah. But yes, the you know, so even even in, you know, the marginalized community of disabled people, you know, it's the white disabled people mm-hmm. who get featured and who get, you know, profiled in, in stories and yeah, things like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. May, did you want to okay. go ahead? See it. Oh, and that's another thing, too, like the Paralympics. Um, a lot of people don't think to watch the Paralympics, but they're actually really bomb. Um, they've actually broke some of the able Olympics records this year. People wow. don't even realize they need to get in it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of veterans um, and athletes who were disabled who end up in the Paralympics. Yeah. So it's like really actually awesome. Um, but also it's an experience where you get to see disability too white. Cause we, we be watching those commercials <laughs> like, so y'all couldn't find one disabled person of color <laughs> to this commercial, huh? Right. Like, it was like the fifth one in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so you can see it when you're watching the Paralympics, how diverse disability is mm-hmm. and how diverse, like, the effects of disability are. One of the things you really see in the Paralympics is, like, the diversity of wheelchair use. Mm-hmm. You're like, my God, you don't realize how many ways someone who's using a wheelchair can be disabled you don't know what part of them mm. is being affected or isn't just by looking at them you know nothing and you really realize that when you watch the paralympics and like for swimming there's like 10 or 12 different categories and when you see the categories it's based on the different levels of disability mm. but when you realize someone who's using a wheelchair can still be in one of the highest levels because a lot of times, hardly any of their body is being affected right. by yeah. their paralysis. Mm. It just, but just enough of their body that they need a wheelchair. Mm. And people who like we don't realize how ableism affects our view of disability. We don't realize see the diversity of disability, mm-hmm. um, and you really see that in the Paralympics and the Winter Paralympics or Summer Paralympics, whichever's coming up next. Yeah, Winter. The Winter Paralympics <laughs> are coming up soon too. Winter. So. Um, there, we were watching them this year and they were really good. Um, so I would throw that out there for people to check out if you want to see some disability diversity. That's awesome. You can see it all over the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, May. We really appreciate you. We thank you for being generous with your time and your knowledge and fucking with us at all about this. Um, so we, we ain't no shit. Yeah, yeah. We really definitely appreciate that. Is there anything that you want uh, for yourself to promo where we can find you, where we can give you money, where we can do anything? Uh, yeah, I have a GoFundMe mm-hmm. um, because I'm working really hard to avoid a brain surgery mm-hmm. for a condition. I have a rare disease called idiopathic intracranial hypertension. Um, shout out to rare disease awareness <laughs> and I, um, am working really hard to avoid getting a shunt put in my brain. It's a big surgery. And once you have it, you end up having brain surgeries kind of the rest of your life. So mm. I'm really trying hard to avoid that. And the link for my GoFundMe is GoFundMe.com forward slash my I I H fight F I G H. 
Okay. Um, and I have a website that is actually down right now because I'm working on it. Okay. That's <laughs> um, cool. It'll be back up by like Monday or Tuesday okay. and that yeah. the Phoenix Alliance Foundation. Oh, so it'll be, it'll be up then work. by the, by the time we post this, it'll be up. Say it one more time. Sorry about that. Oh, the Phoenix Alliance Foundation.org. Okay. Um, and that's for my nonprofit organization. Um, that's working towards helping disabled people establish living social and financial independence. So, uh, you can check me out there too. Okay. Uh, that's really going to be pop in by January. Like that, I have a lot of stuff that I'm getting off on in January that I've been working on for the last six months. Okay. Okay. Great. That's great. amazing. Can you tell us your, um, tell us your Twitter handle one more time? Yes, my Twitter handle is at M-A-E underscore D-A-Y-J. Awesome. Thank you, May. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. This means a lot to us. We really appreciate you once again, your time and, and attention. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, and also about my Twitter, um, I don't have a blog because for me, um, for my neurodivergence, a blog is not accessible. Mm-hmm. I just don't write in that way mm-hmm. and so i do all my vlogging via my twitter okay. <laughs> that's just that's the way i do it, it. twitter I, is like a, ma- mm-hmm. a, a micro blogging mm-hmm. platform anyways mm-hmm. so you're doing yeah and it's the most accessible platform for the way my cognitive functioning is working at this time mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. a lot of times people ask me why don't you start a blog and i'm like because that's not the way my brain works. <laughs> it's <right> hard. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, um, why don't you shut up? <laughs> that would be my response. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Mind your business. Mm-hmm. Worry about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's, not, it's not something I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I will continue like working on my website and everything, but I'm not going to start a blog. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to uh, keep doing my Twitter. And it probably will continually get more organized. Like now, I've got my threads more organized and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's so, awesome. Oh, and yep. if you do um, want to follow my hashtag Chronic Loaf, E-H-O-N-I-C-L-O-A-F, mm-hmm. that's for uh, when Spoonies and Disabled People, we watch TV after it's aired and stuff to live tweet it because live tweets are more convenient for people who can stay on a good schedule, which mm-hmm. we're not good at. <laughs> right. Most are not good at sticking to a self-schedule because our health is erratic. Mm-hmm. So I developed an erratic live tweeting platform. <laughs> that's so, awesome. Okay, that's um, cool. And it's for anyone to use when they want to um, watch TV um, whenever mm-hmm. or binge watch TV, whatever. They can just start using the hashtag and go. But it's also for, um, we have organized watching where we watch all together like tonight i'm mm-hmm. gonna mm-hmm. um so we do it like every sunday at least okay and uh and same with uh spoonie cult tweet flicks mm-hmm. that's like s-e-t-w-e-e-t-f-l-i-x that's when people with chronic illnesses and disability they all watch a movie together and tweet about it i think that Watching, participating in things like that for able people mm-hmm. is a great way to do something that you're going to do anyway, right. like watch movies and TV. Yeah. But you can see the difference in how disabled people um, view things or think about things because their experiences have been different. Yeah. 
And so it's great to participate in whether you're abled or disabled because you can, like, see how your disabled friends um, see things when they're watching TV and yeah. movies. Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you again. Um, we're probably going to, well, we are going to post this on Tuesday. So if you have anything in between then that you want us to know or whatever, you can um, shoot us an email or whatever. And and we'll, yeah, we'll add it to the notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll add it to the notes. Of, cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, girl. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. All right. Um. That was fucking amazing. Yeah, I'm still in my head. Mm-hmm. Are we recording now? Yeah, we're recording oh, now. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I'm like, I suffer from know-it-all syndrome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I made that up. I don't know if that's offensive to even say that now because mm-hmm. it's not real. Right. But like, but you do have something like that. I yeah, agree. where yeah. I feel like I know everything. I feel like I'm I suffer just, from that. From I'm just informed about yeah. everything, and right. I just be knowing the shits. Mm-hmm. And to like sit here and know nothing, <laughs> right? Is like humbling mm-hmm. when she's still wowing for right, me. right right yeah. right right because mm-hmm. i ain't know none of that shit mm-hmm. none mm-hmm. of it yeah not a word yeah <laughs> when she said that thing about um people challenging uh the parking space mm-hmm. people challenging you i could i was thinking i was like, i could totally see myself going ham on somebody who appeared to be able-bodied like i was it was just yeah it was a lot of information yeah and you think that um you think you're a white liberal, and then you learn this <laughs> stuff, and you realize, wow, I still have, I still have more yeah, to learn. Yeah, There's like yes. always more to learn. So I, I definitely appreciated her taking the time to talk yes. to us about that. And Tina, I appreciate oh, you, you for coming. Here. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, yeah. You, thank you for for having yeah. me and May. Cool. And you, you guys have, sorry, you two mm-hmm. have always been open to learning more yeah, yeah, yeah and i think that's one of my favorite things mm-hmm. about the show is i hear you learning thank you as you're teaching us <laughs> thank you. that's cool so tina came to the show prepared yes <laughs> and tina has a moment, moment in black, black hair, hair. Give it to us, Tina. So this has been bothering me for a while. This is not current season of Walking Dead, although it relates to it. But um, back in season five, episode 12, Mm -hmm. you know, our heroes, we're in season six. Okay, cool. So in season five, that's when they arrive at Alexandria. Mm-hmm. you know which is I'm the not, community I'm yeah not i don't know we don't so watch just, okay so there it's this, they You're find this head nods from tk they find yeah. this community <laughs> that's they well, they're they're invited into a community that's pretty untouched mm-hmm. by the zombie apocalypse like they know it's happened right. but like there's they're very sheltered and um they have all they have there's so much housing there's so many resources and um rick for the first time in a long time like has like a bathroom with a shower mm. and he walks into you know he, he's encouraged to go and you know clean up and make himself comfortable and this is such an example of white privilege that in the zombie apocalypse rick is able to walk into a bathroom in the zombie apocalypse and he has everything he needs for his hair care needs mm. he's able to like shave and trim oh, oh and he's buff and like he has no like razor burn or anything like he has everything he needs mm-hmm. <laughs> and and yet like now we're in season six and we've got two black women on the show. And at no point have we ever seen <laughs> Sasha or Michonne 
like do their hair, doing their hair, mm-hmm. thinking about their hair, uh, touching their, their hair, greasing their mm-hmm. scalps, commenting. You know, I just like. I mean, looking at each other's hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I like. I'm craving. You know, Michonne and Rick to have like a nice, like, intimate moment, like Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson in mm-hmm. Creed, where, like, Rick's, like, <laughs> helping her. I hate that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's because you know it all, and you're th- with the details and the facts. She had twists. You don't use a comb. Anyway, <laughs> okay? I so love the intimacy. <laughs> See, I would like it if Sasha and Michonne, if they would just yeah. have a conversation at some point. Like, right. hey, you're the other black woman in the world. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. you doing? Can I Oh, please. Oh, this is her moment in black hair. TK, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a moment in black hair. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, throw it in the pit, too. Mm-hmm. But, yo, because really, when they got to Alexandria, because that's where I kind of got left off, mm-hmm. first thing I would have did, because they had abundance of food, right? Mm-hmm. Which means they got cooking oil somewhere, yes! which means they could have olive oiled each other's hair yeah. and scalp, mm-hmm. or had a moment where they were like, girl, about to hit that pantry. Mm-hmm. Something. <laughs> And you know what? They had that moment where they all got um, like prettied up to go to that little cocktail party yeah. in Alexandria. That could have been a moment. Had them looking like, like child soldiers in Africa. You know, like it was too much. Would you like me to braid your hair? Yes, please. Thank Rough. you. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have no moment. Okay, girl. Thank you. Well, we don't, we don't, even for myself, um, taking in me- media as far as TV and movies. We don't have lots of hair moments. Right. I didn't even notice that I was missing hair moments until maybe two years ago when on Being Mary Jane, the, the sister was sewing in her weave, mm-hmm. when um on How to Get Away with Murder, mm-hmm. when the mom was like, and that's when I was like, oh shit, I hadn't even yeah. realized I was not seeing my hair shit yeah. on TV mm-hmm. until those scenes. Yeah. And it was just like, fuck. Mm-hmm. The only, and those are, that's some simple ass shit right the only hair shit that would happen and this always made me like oh, only hair shit would happen is yeah we'd get out the shower and our hair would look tossled it would be some sort of weave that looked tossled and air drying mm-hmm. yeah. like white like white folks hair and it's <laughs> like this is clearly a weave we're not yeah. gonna like that's not how we look when we get out the shower there are things involved there are Lots plastic bags possibly I remember anything being anything. annoyed by seeing scenes where black women are like sleeping with no fucking head tie right. or bonnet we yes. don't we do, do that do shit that we do that shit we're bald yes. like yeah. we don't do that shit so I remember mm-hmm. like that like mm-hmm. being angry or like cracking jokes like when Olivia Pope goes to sleep mm-hmm. and she doesn't have her thing <laughs> and we're sleeping like, with lip gloss <laughs> 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 Oh she's the worst God. black woman on so TV. We, so we've had, <laughs> I've had those instances where there, I see them not even acknowledging that mm-hmm. hair is different mm-hmm. or hair is this different thing right. for us. Like we don't just go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like we don't just do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Except when, for living single. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. Yep, living single. Yes, they did. Right. They had but, Which is yeah. not even on Netflix. Yo. That's problematic. Cool. Problematic. As White fuck. privilege. As problematic. But... <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't until I seen the the niece sewing in um Mary Jane's weave mm-hmm. on it on BET mm-hmm. and um Annalise mom mm-hmm. reason the scout mm-hmm. um that I was like yo these are like intimate moments that are like common right. common intimate moments that black women have that we don't even, we never get to see and it's really also has to do with like humanizing yes us you know what I'm saying and like how that's all a part of what makes somebody human you see white folks on TV in and out the shower all the time. You mm-hmm. see their hair in different states or whatever. Yeah, all the we used time. to make fun of 
I remember being a kid making fun of shampoo commercials because it was like, that's not how you wash your hair. <laughs> right, because it was right, like, right, right, who right. washes your hair like that? Yeah. What the fuck are they doing? Like, yeah. it's not this quick in the shower. Right. Well, wash my hair. Now right. I'm off to work. Like, that used what? to bug me out, yo. <laughs> <laughs> are you do, you do this that? every day before work. You just wash your hair real quick and then now, and then, you're, now it's blowing in the wind? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what? It, my mother said that's why they be sick all the time. <laughs> That's racist, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying know. to come to your cubicle sniffling. <laughs> yeah, that would bug me out too. That also, when I started work or going to college or anything where I didn't go to high school with white folks, so I didn't know mm-hmm. what they did and shit. So like, yeah, being in college and like, okay, you're outside at class, your hair is wet. And then, yeah, in a few hours, it was just dry. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I had those just I dry did. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. this different just thing. foreign. But yeah, just I, I never thought about how much hair was normalized for the majority population on those shows. That yeah. it's not. I, I didn't. I just knew, like how you said, we didn't get hair moments. Um, but I didn't notice how much. Yeah, everyone else is actually getting hair moments. Yeah. Like they're doing stuff yeah. with their hair. It's not like a topic that's not discussed. Yeah. It's just ours. It's like not ooh. at all. And I could just point out when they're wrong. Like, right. hey, that, that she's the black woman is not just gonna go to bed like right, that. Right, but, right, right, right. You know. And even like going back to Walking Dead specifically, there have been there have been multiple hair moments like mm-hmm. in even just in season six. Like mm-hmm. there's, I mean, they even had like a. Um, uh, a hairdresser as a character and at no point does anyone say hey mm-hmm. <laughs> have you met Sasha right. <laughs> <laughs> or or right. or I don't watch Walking Dead so I have no whatever mm-hmm. but like I'm just like Sasha does her own hair mm-hmm. as a black woman who has learned to just do my own shit my own hair because it's it's economical because mm-hmm. it's expensive mm-hmm. like she would be twisting her hair. She like she would be doing some shit yeah. to her own head. Right. Mm-hmm. That yeah, Michonne. Yeah, she yeah. would be. Yeah, she would yeah. Be okay, I don't. Her. I don't know the people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. she, she would be doing things. Yeah, things would be happening. Right, right, because right. these are still women, and we 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 still like to like. I don't care if a zombie's chasing me. I still want to look cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like yeah, that's fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's a good moment. That is a good one. I like that. That's a good one. Are we ready for the, for pit? the pits? Everybody, strap in. About to open some fucking windows. The new Triple X has got to be more dangerous, deadlier, more attitude. Who the fuck is this asshole? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. Yes. Can I throw? I have a quick pit. Sure. I'm gonna go ahead and get it out the way. So I was trying to Netflix and chill last night. Um, because I think I was dumped, even though I wasn't in a relationship. That's always how it happens. Mm-hmm. So all your interactions are relationships. What do you mean? Oh, you saying that's how I live my life? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's just how. That's just what it I makes it like easier it. for me to call it that. I don't know. Anyway, uh-huh. I had a date. It was canceled, and so I was trying to self medicate. I had been to the comic book self medicate with dick. No, there was no dick available. My supply. Oh, because you said you were depleted. trying to Netflix and chill, then with you were dumb. Myself. All with yourself. Okay, I was like, you were medicating with dick? Yes. No, I was just trying to... Did you not listen to Solange? It doesn't work. Cranes in the sky. Right, right, right. I tried to comic book it away. I wore comic book t-shirts. I went to a little Native American craft, like, um, fair kind of thing. That was nice. And then I thought I was going to go to the movies. There was nothing out. Anyway, so I'm back Netflixing and chilling by myself. 
And I just wanted to watch something fun and cute or whatever. And so I'm scrolling and I'm looking at all the pictures and I'm looking at, um, sometimes I like to watch kids, kids movies or whatever. Um, and I remembered I had never seen home. Okay. Right. So that's the Disney movie with the little black girl. Right, right, right. Rihanna plays the girl. Yeah. Yeah. And so all the Disney movies that feature, and we may have talked about this before, but it was so striking to me last night. All the Disney movies that feature any human person, the human is in the ad, right? Mm -hmm. The human. So I'm looking on Netflix. and I know we had already kind of talked about the ads that they had in Target and stuff that featured the aliens in the film instead of featuring the little girl. Um, and like we did this already. We talked about this already. So now I'm on Netflix and the little picture image, the pop-up image is still of the fucking the alien. And I couldn't even watch it. Because it was mm-hmm. like, here I am, a black woman who grew up on Disney, their racism and their fun magic yeah. or whatever, right? Minding my fucking business, trying to have a good night. And I'm reminded that, oh, we don't really fuck with black people like that. And we don't want to remind you that there's a little black girl in this movie. Maybe you'll watch Throughout it the whole show movie. The like Purple she's Alien. Like the, she's the person she's the in the movie. She's yeah. the protagonist. So anyway, I still haven't seen Home. Netflix fixed that shit. Because it was like immediately like offensive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like just from a little pop-up yeah. pixel. Mm-hmm. You know? Anyway. So uh, Disney goes in the pit. Netflix goes in the pit for that uh-huh. as well. Because I just fucking put the picture of the little girl in the fucking, what the fuck? Yeah. Anyway. I think it was DreamWorks. Yeah, it was oh, DreamWorks, not all right, Disney. DreamWorks. Yeah, you too, man. Fuck you guys too, man. Well, we'll throw Disney in the picture. Yeah, just Disney because... just goes in, yo, mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any just, of just it. lots of things. Any of it. Walt Disney was and Disney an Disney wanted to radio. cancel Doc McStuffins, so they, they definitely Yeah, that too. Yeah, they that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. The girl who does the voices. Yep. I remember that. That's not cool. Yeah, it's coming pit? back for oh, another season. Uh, no, I think I just have pit to add to your pit. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Tina pit or our pit? Uh, let's go to your pit. Okay. Yeah, and then we'll so my pit story. actually has a lot of different layers. Um, we well, I don't. I just feel that if you listen to the show, then you are pretty um avid on your woke scale you're pretty smart yeah like you're not you're pretty sad whatever we would offend you if you were like new woke <laughs> and you wouldn't listen yeah. but um <laughs> or if you're disabled then we'd offend you then too <laughs> no, but then <laughs> right but then we would we'll, learn we'll have a conversation after on the offending show. yes because yes. we're not those type of people true that true we're not Charlemagne. Go on. so Go on. I, we all know about the interview with the Daily Show host, the mm-hmm. guy, Trevor, Trevor Noah. Noah. Trevor, mm-hmm. um, he interviewed Tommy White Lorraine, supremacist, Tommy um, Or whatever. So there was... Who I had no idea who she was. I knew who she was. Prior to this. I didn't. I didn't know who she was. I remember she said something about Beyonce, and I was like, ha, ah, she's stupid. Mm-hmm. Then I forgot again. Mm-hmm. Then because of, I have a lot of people on like social media have been tagged and stuff like right. did you see this mm-hmm. but i stay away from stuff that i just already know is just going to be harmful for me and there's nothing if it's just nothing new she's going to teach me about white supremacy so mm-hmm. i just never paid attention um so i kind of knew but didn't really mm-hmm. you know know who the fuck she was so that happens um then charlemagne says his dumb shit about black women and platforms and some shit but I really wasn't. I didn't really react to that because of Charlemagne, and mm-hmm. he's stupid, and he does not like black women. Like that's he just, never has he ever. Does not like it's black been women. obvious. He it's been clear. Doesn't. He doesn't like women. He especially doesn't like black women. Nope. 
That's not a secret. At all. Um, I kind of found it funny that people were just now learning this secret. Mm. It was really odd. It was really odd. It was really hysterical. And it was like, um, yeah, it was like you haven't been. It's like for black, it's the same stuff we already know. For black people, for black men in particular, if you talk about black stuff, it doesn't matter what you say about women. It doesn't matter what you say about black women. at all. It's okay as long as you talk that pro-black stuff, Mm -hmm. regardless to whether that stuff excludes women. It doesn't matter if every, 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 every episode that he has a black woman featured, he's talking about sucking a fart out of her butt or doing something or is trying to break them down in some way or asking them ridiculous Ridiculous questions questions that have nothing to do with anything. He... Does yeah. not value women unless he feels like they deserve some level of respect. Yes. Unless he can put them in a queen box. Yes. Unless mm-hmm. some ri- ridiculous shit. He he hates women. He he hates he hates black women in mm-hmm. particular. And what came out of this conversation for me, watching Trevor interview her, watching um or reading Charlemagne's reaction was that I am at my wits' end with how much care black men use when handling white women. Just real quick, in case anybody has been living under a box, we, <laughs> we talked about the interview, but then also Charlemagne was seen like walking with Tommy Loren and people, uh, and talking with her and shit, and people challenged that and were upset by it, and his response was then to say, he doubled down, said a bunch of ignorant shit, and also that black women and women of color should build their own platforms and do shit the same way that this racist white supremacist woman has done it. And that's why we're mad. Some, some I'm not mad at that. No, no, no. I'm, not, I'm saying that's what he was saying. He was saying that's why we're mad or whatever. Okay. Um, but anyway, that was just a quick backstory for people who don't know any of this shit. I guess. Mm-hmm. So that's my issue. My issue is the care that I see so many black men use when it comes to handling white women Mm -hmm. racist or not and that care is never extended to me Mm -hmm. never extended to me Mm -hmm. i fucking and when this realization came to me was when that whole azalea bank shit was happening Mm -hmm. on twitter Mm -hmm. and this girl was fending for i've said this on the show before but i'm gonna say it again this Mm -hmm. girl was fending for herself as um irrational or whatever as people may think it was it's because she has been fending for, like all black women, have mm-hmm. been fending for herself without any care from anyone mm-hmm. else, without any help, without mm-hmm. anyone even jumping in to say, yo, chill, mm-hmm. like at all. So for me to like see stuff like that unfold where this girl, and I'm just using her as an example because it's a public symbol for for that, mm-hmm. can do that. And Charlemagne ain't say shit. Mm-hmm. So like that stuff is not extended to these people. This is the same person who fucking had little mama on the show and just went in to fucking make her cry mm-hmm. for entertainment purposes. Mm-hmm. But you could fucking stand next to Tommy like mm-hmm. and be nice. Mm-hmm. Be nice to for her, what? Defend for, her. for why? You don't mm-hmm. even know this bitch. Like mm-hmm. why? I don't even get why you're being nice to her. And it's it's you know that she's a racist yeah. and you know that she hates black people and black women but that's cool and it, it just it just highlights your misogynoir it just highlights how much you don't like black women and i'm i'm like fed up with how how evident or how much it's there mm-hmm. and no one even like addresses it like no one really goes in about how 
yeah, Trevor Noah interviewed her, and and for me, like, yeah, I, I had an exchange with someone when the Trevor, I didn't watch the whole Trevor Noah interview because mm-hmm. it was just like, I'm not into being nice to people that are fucking <laughs> not nice. Right. It's just not what I do. Right. So I remember expressing that, and someone was like, well, she wasn't being rude to him, and I was like, her fucking existence is fucking mm-hmm. rude. Mm-hmm. Who gives a fuck about the tone she was right. using with him? Who gives a fuck that her language wasn't abusive in that moment? Mm-hmm. She's problematic. She's fucked up. Why would I be nice to her? Mm-hmm. Why would anyone be nice like to her? Racism is rude. Yeah, mm-hmm. as really rude. It's really rude. <laughs> and it's next and level. And you're rude. nice to her. And you're nice to her because yeah. she's like this, this, this white woman. Mm-hmm. That's she's, all it is. That's all she mm-hmm. needed was just to be a white woman, and you're just going to be nice to her. Mm-hmm. Like somebody and started like, calling her white supremacist Barbie, which mm-hmm. is perfect, mm-hmm. and that's what she looks like. Yeah. 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 But it's yeah. like she gets to be a Barbie still. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's, it's like. No, mm-hmm. that's not afforded me. Mm-hmm. So I'll be damned if that's going to be afforded mm-hmm. like this white mm-hmm. woman. So that that's that's my reason for throwing in, for throwing Charlemagne in a pit mm-hmm. or Trevor Noah in a pit. It's because that's not what you're going to do to me. If I was sitting on that stage with Trevor, he would not have been acting like that. Mm-hmm. Charlemagne wouldn't have been taking pictures with me. None of mm-hmm. that shit would have transpired. Why? Because I'm a black woman and who gives a fuck about me? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have wanted to brag that they at had all. that time with at you. At all. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm not a trophy. Mm-hmm. I'm a black mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So that irked me. Then another thing that irked me, and I don't have a particular person throwing a pit for this, but it was just an idea that people were passing around mm-hmm. was that basically she's making a come up off of racism and white mm-hmm. supremacy and we should just ignore that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, motherfuckers. White supremacy has always been a business. Mm-hmm. This is why they brought slaves. Right. White supremacist capitalism. Mm-hmm. This It's always been a business. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to ignore that shit. And I'm not going to act like it's fine because that's what she's doing to make money. That's mm-hmm. always what it's been for white supremacists to make money off the backs of people who are not white. Like, I don't get why that connection isn't evident or mm-hmm. isn't seen or I guess whatever level woke you are on, mm-hmm. you don't get it. But that stuff is not separate. Right. So I'm not going to like ignore her, even though I didn't really know who she is, but I'm not going to ignore that because it's her job. So the fuck what? Mm-hmm. It's her job is to make money off of my back. Mm-hmm. And after that, I noticed um, I guess like in black media spaces where there were black people who was like, well, there's no need for me to talk about it in a free space. I'm going to wait till I get my check. You're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. That is the same thing. You're yep. making money off of the back of black people. Yep. If it's yep. if you can only speak up for black people, black women, when you're getting a fucking check, mm-hmm. that shit is not real mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 making me emotional because I really fucking live this shit. Mm-hmm. I live this shit. This is not... Right. Me and Jay didn't do this show for a come up. This yeah. is this is, this is is real this for is us. Fun. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So to hear people say stuff like that is just like fucking ridiculous. It hurts my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and fuck y'all. Yeah. Y'all actually, Right. There was somebody who was talking about... Um, who was talking about how they were not going to respond to Sh- Charlemagne, right? Like how you said, in a free space. Um, because that's they get paid to do that kind of thing or whatever. And at first, because this was a black woman speaking, in my head I was thinking, right, get your check. We did, we're nobody's mule. We're not here for like free labor or whatever, yada, yada. I, at first I understood it in that way. But then when I was thinking about all the 
people of color who don't have a voice and who don't have that platform who were looking to that person and those people to say something. I'm like, yo, these people think because you get paid to do a, um, I'm going to call it a rant. Uh Um, even though sometimes this person makes a lot of, you know, good points or whatever, but a part of the excitement about this person and why they get a check for it is because of the way they deliver it in this kind of rant type uh, manner or whatever, which I'm not knocking a rant. Rants are okay. Um, I, because this person does that, I realize, yeah, there are people of color who look to this person as somebody who has a voice and who has access and has reach that they don't have. And this person will get their check whether they do it on the air or or whether they do it on Twitter or wherever they do it, they will still show up to that job where they get paid to talk about whatever and they will still get that check. And so I, I guess what hurt me and what made me think of it differently is right you have people who think that you're a social justice warrior and you're you know not what I'm and you're, you're not yeah it's people who think that the work and this is not just for that person but anybody anybody who reserves their activism for when there is a check in play and it's nothing we're all trying to get paid we are all trying to get paid i don't knock making money off of that activism off of that hustle um, but to say that you were saving your activism and that you were saving uh, speaking up as if you couldn't do it twice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like how, what, is that, what, is, what does that hurt? It was, uh, it was weird and it just, yeah, it just seemed like really, I don't know if the word is disingenuous, but really like fugazi and just like not, like this is, this is that same that same thing that Tommy Loren is doing, like making yeah. money off of white supremacy. Yes. This is like making money, money off, off of, of our struggle. Like yes. you, you now have access. You have white people pluck you and pick you to do stuff because you are paid to do it in this arena, whatever, right? So they pluck you and they pick you because they're, oh, you're, you know, a voice that gets paid to do this. Come, come do it. And, and it's, probably easier and more palatable because you're not really a social justice warrior at all you're not really gonna mix it up you're not really you're gonna sit in your spot where you were hired to sit and you're gonna you know i'm glad you're there you know Mm -hmm. i guess because if you weren't those people would not get what you're saying you know what i'm saying so you're there you're doing that stuff and that's cool and you don't have to be anything more um but to try and package it like you are this social justice type person and you just wanted to do it in the spot you get paid. That's not, that's not, no. That, that shit is whack. And it's, it's whack, whack because honestly, like when we look, when we look at activists past mm-hmm. and we look at um, people who put in a lot of labor for, I guess, black people or mm-hmm. any marginalized group to be, or be at the state of, awareness that we are at Mm -hmm. these people didn't only speak when they were getting paid these people didn't only stand up because of a check like um only because this is just was popping up in my mind but like rosa parks wasn't like well i'm gonna go to the back today because y'all didn't give me the check you know what i'm saying like that's not how this works or to then yell at people who because you are because you have the reach, there were people who were confronting a few, few black uh, media 
folks yes and saying why aren't you standing up for us why aren't you saying something about this so then to like yell back at them and be like oh but well, you do it yeah why, why don't you do it why don't you speak up well you're the person in this media space who knows this person who knows this charlemagne who's saying all yeah. these horrible things about black folks we want to know are you going to check your friend like are you going to or... use your platform to address this or now, if you if like that's the thing too. It's like you're yelling at these people for not for like expecting, people who fuck with you, right? For expecting things. For expecting from things. From yeah, you created these expectations, and then yes. you get angry at them because of these expectations. You make money off that of this. You created. You make money it's off of ridiculous. this, and then you make money off of social justice language. Yes. and then people when people want you to social justice, and now actually, okay, pay what you owe. Mm. You Dude, don't want to pay what you owe. Like you owe that. You make like, money off, off of that. Of it. Like are you, you make money off of this. Pay what serious? you owe. Oh, pay what you owe. Pay the community. You wilding off a of pro owe. bono tweet? Half like, of this shit. What the fuck? <laughs> Are you shit. serious? Half of this shit you just <laughs> learning. Half of this shit you just learning and just came into. You are new to this. Yes. You smell it on you. Like, okay? Yes. Pay what you owe. Pay the community what you owe. And the price is not that high. The price of you tweeting out, yo, what what Charlemagne was wild and I hope to I'm hope to address it on the show later on. I hope to address it. Yes, I'm working on something now. I hear because you guys. Because this person Show also some respect. does not like black women. Mm. Does that she too. She does not. She didn't feel it where everybody else not. felt it. No. Nope. No. Nope. There's a reason why other black people, their feelings were hurt. So, yeah, I just, I've we've said this plenty of times on the show, but if you're, when you're pro-blackness, it's conditional. When you're pro-woman, it's conditional. It's faulty. Mm-hmm. It's unproblematic. And when you mention a check, just the mere mention right. of a check, right. this lets me know that this is not real for you. Right. This is not real for you. Right. And you know what? That is okay. Mm-hmm. But you need to shut up. You need yeah. to not, you know, like it's all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like I, I do like to respect where people are on their journey and what they choose to talk about or whatever. But for me, it is yeah, so evident this person makes money off of social justice um this person does panels mm. of anything fun this is not the person that's tapped this person is tapped to talk about social justice about to talk shit. about womanism to talk about that type of stuff and so to talk to people who look up to you and look up to like respect the work that you do and the access that you have mm-hmm. to talk to them in a way where it's like well you do it why do i gotta do it i'm not i'm not this or I'm, it was just really especially really to weird. the audience of which that was asking her you know when someone is asking you to do labor mm-hmm. and when someone is asking you to hey you have this platform can join you join in with this yes mm-hmm. there's a difference right. like i know when someone is asking me even on my small scale of people who follow me on mm-hmm. social media i can tell when a person is asking me to do something or asking me a genuine question or if mm-hmm. they're asking for me to do work mm-hmm. right right she knows the difference these mm-hmm. people aren't asking you to do work mm-hmm. you she, like you know that like yeah. come on yeah come on yeah it's also know. it's a big enough topic too i mean this is mm-hmm. this yeah. is like people are going to be talking about mm-hmm. you know that daily show interview for a while yeah i mean i think it's going to be a thing that people like years from now mm-hmm. we're still going to be talking about right. it you know depending on what happens in mm-hmm. the next four years mm-hmm. eight years mm-hmm. 20 years like you know there's something this is 
uh, one of the earliest interviews where where you know in the post Trump election where these white supremacists are getting these like plum interview mm, spots yeah. to just be really really comfortably racist mm-hmm. and why are we greeting that with politeness yeah 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 add that that's the real like issue for me mm-hmm. i could never sit next to someone that i know even if they're speaking to me in a tone that is not disrespectful like your existence is disrespectful because you are a white supremacist and mm-hmm. you want me to die mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm not gonna yeah like i don't understand that i don't understand why black people always have to fucking be the bigger person mm-hmm. and and meet the oppressor where they are like they're the fucking oppressor mm-hmm. they do not get that privilege right. they have enough right they have enough privileges mm-hmm. that one is not one i'm gonna give them mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. like ever yeah that's what adrian's rant was about we talked about Adrian. His, oh, um, yeah, like yeah, ever. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. no, you have enough privileges. This mm-hmm. this little one that I have to treat you like this, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep it. Because yeah. honestly, that's all I have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all of that goes in the pit. Mm. So Tina has a pit. Tina. We do have a pit. <laughs> so I'd like to throw Jennifer Lawrence into the pit. Yes. Do it. She's so mediocre. I don't she's get so it. She is I mediocre. don't get it. She's tall and she's white. That's all that's required. Yeah. <laughs> and, and thin. So what did what did so, mediocre do this so time? She was on the, the Graham Norton show. Mm-hmm. Um they get zany on that they show. They do. They drink they get- wild. And <laughs> <laughs> um, she was there, you know, promoting her new movie. And mm-hmm. she told this hilarious anecdote about how when she was uh, filming Hunger Games, um, mm-hmm. they um, some of their filming was done in Hawaii, mm-hmm. and there are uh, they were filming in an area where there were some uh, sacred stones present um oh my God. and i found the name um they i'm going to i'm mm-hmm. not probably going to say this correctly mm-hmm. uh but pohaku um and there's different reasons why these stones can be considered sacred mm-hmm. they can be considered sacred cuz they um were used in like a uh, in she birthing. took a fucking stone she listen to the stone. sorry i can't, I can't. <laughs> the stones the stones can be like the physical manifestation of like ancestors right. like there's they could have been um um you know blessed mm-hmm. in some way mm-hmm. so like there's a there's different reasons why these stones can be sacred uh-huh. and so they were told not to touch the stones mm-hmm. The actors, the crew, they were like explicitly They told, told white people not to touch things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I went to but... Hawaii once. Sorry, real quick. Oh, no. Me and my mom went to Hawaii once and they told us not to touch the fucking stones. And, and you I ain't was, touched them. We didn't touch the stones. And we threatened all the white people on the bus with us. <laughs> yeah. Like, bring a stone back on the bus, okay? There's one, there were several times, like, what do you have a stone? We're not. We just didn't, we didn't trust them. Like we don't. I don't want none of this bad juju. If one of y'all motherfuckers was, has a stone. After everything we've learned about you tonight, mm-hmm. I was bracing myself for some like <laughs> another confession. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like and like it's in your pocket. You no, know? Like, if they told me they were disabled stones, I may I might have some here with us. That is my confession. Yes, but no, I didn't. I didn't take them. Thank you. So I said all that about like how important these stones are. So and Jennifer Lawrence knew it, but she was in a wetsuit and she was itchy. 
So she used the stones to scratch her ass. Oh, what a fun story. And she was laughing on the couch, rollicking. And they were even like, you know, it's told specifically, like, don't sit on them because it's disrespectful to, um, like, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, present, like, your genitalia. You know, there was, you know, there was just, there was... And she knew all this. She even mm-hmm. said a lot of this on the Graham Norton show. Oh so she God. knew how important these the stones, stones were, were to the 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 natives. And mm-hmm. the natives have a name. The natives are the Kanaka Maoli. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's what the native Hawaiians are called. So she knew that this was important to these people. And she put it and in her ass. she was, she like continued, she kept using them to scratch herself. Mm. So much so that one became dislodged. It was a large one, a boulder, and it rolled down a hill. And as she said in between, like, gulps of laughter, it almost killed their sound guy. Oh, my God. And it upset the locals. Of course. And she she just thought it was hilarious. Because she's like quirky white girl that mm-hmm. everyone just loves. Wow. So I can, like, fucking dismantle sacred mm-hmm. structures, rocks, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just a joke because That's I'm Jennifer funny. Lawrence mm-hmm. and, and she... I tripped at the Oscars. And... <laughs> oh, my oh God. I'm so human. Feminism. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I love pizza. Of... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, she got, she got called out um, and she issued a really stupid bad apology, non apology. Yes, yeah, it. And it was, you know, it was a bad apology because it was more about like, oh, you know, like I'm sorry for making you feel bad, yeah. rather than, man, like, yeah, I sh- like rather than saying I should be ashamed of what I did, mm-hmm. like I shouldn't have done it, but mm-hmm. like I should be ashamed. Yeah, telling the story like it's yeah. a hoot, you know. That's this. Yeah. That's, oh. Jag. So just, you know. Well, fuck that, bitch. you see her wearing that wetsuit in Hunger Games. I don't even know if I want to see anymore. She did with her ass, you know. I don't even think I want to see anymore. Hunger Games is not over. No. no. They broke up the last book into three different, they're just trying to milk it like crazy. It's only three books, but the last book they broke up into it. More sequels. I keep trying to watch But I read all of the I, books. I don't think I saw the last one. I keep trying to watch it. I, I didn't watch the last one either because I was single. I don't even go to the bathroom. I mean the bathroom. The movies <laughs> one night. That's, <laughs> that's how much it means to you. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, I'm not right, a movie right, person. Right, right, right. So I didn't go to the movies with the guys like, yeah, hey, let's uh-huh, go. Actually, uh-huh. no. I really went to X-Men, so I just started going to see those by myself. Oh, but okay. um yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. But now I don't really want to see those. Cause, yeah. And I, I always felt that way about her, that it was just like, this is just like peak mediocre white mm-hmm. girl. Yeah. But because she like does the boy things, yeah, or is kind of like boy club friendly, mm-hmm. that just yeah. makes her interesting and different. And it's right. like, you know how many women? Yeah. like like All you got to do is be tall, white, Thin, mediocre, and do an armpit and deprecate mm-hmm. and deprecate fart. yourself. And, armpit fart. And she armpit does that fart. same thing that Amy Schumer does, which is why it's no surprise that they're best friends now. Mm-hmm. Where it's like she, um, she does the, I, I'm not thin. Like I, my body is revolutionary mm-hmm. for Hollywood. Yeah, but she doesn't want to be associated with like fat women though or mm. fat people yeah and she doesn't do anything to support mm-hmm. anybody but she wants mm-hmm. like the credit right. yeah right right 
And I, yeah, I don't trust her. I, I haven't trusted her since she showed up on the red carpet when she was nominated for uh, Winter's Bone. Uh-huh. She was like, and it was so strategic. She showed up really early in this like skin tight red dress mm-hmm. so that everyone would notice her. And then like, you know, the, you know, media tried to paint it like Jennifer Lawrence, accidental movie star. It's like, she's not an accidental mm-hmm. movie star. This is like, mm-hmm. there were a meeting. The strategy here. This was a decision that right, Jennifer Lawrence, right, 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 next right. movie star. Yeah, you know? exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she goes all up in the pit. Yeah. She's in the pit. Who the fuck does that? Like, I like want to go to her house now and like spit in on her cups or some shit. Mm. Well, this is the, well, I don't know if this is, 2017 is the official year of yelling at white women. Oh, well, mine started. Start. Mine started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that has been right. half of my 2016. Yeah, yeah, I would like yeah. to take Tina, actually, mm-hmm. for bringing in different white women for me to yell at. Oh, you're so yeah. welcome. Um, yeah, great. because. That's good. Yeah. A I lot like of how my, my Facebook page has become like a, <laughs> it's become like a subplot on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of the women, a lot of the white women I've been able to yell at has uh, been doing Tina's Facebook yeah. page and I really appreciate that. Oh, yeah. my That's pleasure. It's okay. And they're not going to know about this because they've blocked me. <laughs> That's great. Oh, God. Oh, um... I think we did it. Yeah. Tina, do you have anything else that you want to add? Oh, no. That's it. Thank you, ladies. This was so much fun. You guys know you're my favorite. And this is, this is, this is so much fun. I I have loved getting to know you two Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's just, it's really, it's a real honor to be here. So thank you for the invitation. Thank you. Join us. Drive here to be in the cold. Hang out with my us. sister. Text me said there's a storm coming. We don't. don't I don't. See that. I think she's a liar. She lives in Pennsylvania. She doesn't know what's happening over she here. Has no idea. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Tina, where can we find you? Contact you? Give you money? Where can oh, we do these things? Yes. Um, so on Twitter for for people who don't know yet, mm-hmm. I'm at nice white lady. That's nice underscore white underscore lady. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a brand new blog that I just got off and and started um so that's traumatic life injury.com traumatic life injury.com um if people really want to send me money i mean i'll take money (laughs) um but yeah i have a cash me so Mm -hmm. people can cash me at nice white lady Mm -hmm. and um uh and yeah and uh you know hashtag tea with queen and jay don't blow up queen's mentions (laughs) (laughs) I would have to say that y'all have been very respectful of my mention. I appreciate it. Definitely. It's not because I don't love you guys. It's just because I have so many Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. I have an old iPhone 5. Mm-hmm. A battery dies. As mm-hmm. soon as I buy a new phone, mm-hmm. which is maybe in like three weeks, and then I won't seven? care anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Then I won't care anymore. Mm-hmm. But as long as I have this 5S shit, mm-hmm. just chill. All right. <laughs> That's, That's cool. Um, yeah, yo. So while we're talking Twitter and all that shit, you can always follow us at T with QJ. If you want to follow us individually, you can follow me at Janicia F, J A N I C I A F, as in go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> and you can follow Queen. I am at the Queen Speaks. There's an S. Mm-hmm. For some reason, my K does the S thing too. Oh, yes. Um, mm-hmm. underscore. So at the Queen Speaks underscore and Miss Vixen. I was about to say, oh, um, if you'd like to check out some of my writings, I am going to write about my experience um, 
at the theater when I seen Hidden Figures mm-hmm. about what all of that was. It probably will, the tone would probably be a little different because it's written. But yeah, check out my magazine, MissVixenMag.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yo. That's doing. what's up. Yeah. Um, You can check out our website at, uh, no, not at anything, but TeaWithQueenAndJay.com. That's also where our quick donation link is. Yep. You can PayPal us. We appreciate that. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, T with Queen and J. We are on, on Tumblr, Tumblr T with, with Queen and J. You can email us, T with Queen and J at gmail.com. And is that everything? Is that everywhere we're yeah, at? Yeah, I think that's everything. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. everything. That's what's up. Yep. This is fucking great. This is a show. This is our best episode ever, yeah. Yep. My Pretty stomach cool. is growling. I think it's time to go. Black yeah. disabled lives matter. Yes, that's right, that's right. That's right. That's right. All black lives matter. Say her name, and um, more dick in the new year. Now check this out, baby. This how we do in New York. You know what I'm saying? We go a thousand miles from borough to borough, baby. Making my way uptown, walking fast, faces passing, I'm dead ass. So